Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, We've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, His wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon this is deathstroke and i've gathered you all here to play a game of dungeons and dragons are you ready joker i don't know dungeons and dragons you know i do like a game but I've got to admit, this sounds a little, um, nerdy. What do you think, KGP? I I don't not know why I'm here. What do you think, Penguin? (laughs) I'm gonna kick your butts. (laughs) So you're into it? Hell yeah. Well, I guess if Penguin's into it, I'll give it a try. Fuck you, KGB. Well, if everybody else is going to do it, I suppose I'll play along. At least I can irritate you and maybe make fun of you at my expense. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. At least we're playing the game that I love. All right, so first, I'll be the dungeon master, a.k.a. the DM, and I'll be leading you through your character creation. So first, Joker, do you want to be a mage? Do you want to be an orc? Do you want to be a wizard? Do you want to be a ranger? Do you want to be an archer? The fuck do you want to be, man? I only know about one of those characters. I know what a wizard is, but not the... Whatever the hell the rest of those things are. So I'll be a wizard. How about that? (laughs) You're a wizard, penguin. Well, I think I'm going to be a bard. A bard. See, I didn't even say that, and he knows what I'm talking about. I've always dreamed of singing and sharing my voice for all the world to hear. (laughs) And beast. Uh... Can I just be myself? I don't get this stupid... You cannot be yourself. This is a role-playing game. How long is this going to take? About six hours. Six hours? Holy shit. Some games last for years. I'm not kidding. People reconvene on the same game over and over. This does not seem like fun to me. It'll be fine. I would rather get roasted alive from my own flamethrower. You're an archer. You're an archer. Oh, okay. Very well. Okay, good. Very good. So, now that we all have our characters... 
I'm going to introduce you to the campaign. You're walking through the fields of Bistalia. I like the sound of that. I thought you would. And then a dragon shows up. Oh, no. This is like Lord of the Rings shit. I don't want to hear about dragons. It's all Lord of the Rings shit. It's, they don't fucking have... Get to the dungeons already. You like dungeons more than dragons? Well, it depends on what kind of dungeon we're talking about. <laughs> Considering what Harley Quinn has been saying, I understand that. Most people like the dragons more than dungeon, but okay. You're going through the field. Just before you get to the dungeon, a dragon shows up. And he's got a humongous dick. What do you do? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I bet that'll go for a lot on the black market. (laughs) What about you, Joker? Well, I'm going to use my wizardly powers and I'm going to transfer that dong to my own shorts. (laughs) As he does that, how do you react, beast? Uh, I just use my flamethrower. It's my favorite weapon. You don't have a flamethrower. God damn it. It's a fucking bow and arrow. Then I guess I shoot the dragon? I don't know what that would do. You shoot him where his dick used to be. You people and your dick <laughs> obsession. Welcome to America, KG Beast. <laughs> Dungeons, dragons, and dicks. Yes, DDD. Now we're all playing. Okay, so Wizard Joker now has a huge dragon schlong that drags through the floor literally. It decreases his stealth points quite considerably. The magic worked faster to put it onto Joker than it did for him for Penguin to cut it off. So Penguin loses this round. However, Beast shoots him where his dick used to be, thus slaying the dragon. Really? I didn't think it would take that much, but okay. That one tiny arrow just shot at a gaping wound just took him out, huh? Would it take you out? You've got a point there. I'm starting to like this game a little more. KG Beast thrusted an arrow into a gaping wound. (laughs) Interesting choice of words. (laughs) Thus failing the mighty dragon. As you walk into the dungeon, Joker's dick trips one of the wires. There are wires in this? The elves are very industrious. So I cannot have my flamethrower, but they get to have wires. It triggers some pyramid type shit. This is bullshit. I think he means it's like Indiana Jones in there. It's, uh, you know, step on a wrong brick or something. It's the first time I ever agreed with you, Joker. All right, so how about this? You put a fire, flaming arrows. Oh. Flaming arrows, you got it. So when it trips this. He should teach the elves the French flipper trick. I'm going to roll for agility. <laughs> All right, you go. You roll for agility. You just got nat 20. Boom. You do a, you got super agility. Now Fat Penguin does a somersault over the dungeon's traps. Thus landing on the other side. Can I flip everyone off? <laughs> flip everyone off. As the wall closes up, leaving Joker and his mighty dragon dong and KG Beast on the other side. All right, so we are not part of the rest of the action. Is that what you're saying? There is very little chance you will make it through this dungeon already. All right, well, it was nice playing. See you. Yeah, this is getting a little boring. I have to admit, the, the weenie thing really got me going, And but if you guys are just going to be taking on Santa's elves, then I think me and KG Beast are going to get back to, you know, actual villainy, taking on Batman. They're more like legless, man. They're badass. They're legless, so they're tiny. They're already short. They're little people, and now they don't have legs? My God. <laughs> no, legless. I don't. From fucking, you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, have you? You've seen Jerry Maguire, but you haven't seen this. There you go. That's my kind of film. 
I love Tom Cruise. <laughs> so you're both just fucking straight up walking out of the dungeon. Yep. I'm already gone. Well, it was nice playing with everybody. I guess I win. <laughs> Penguin wins, and uh, that's Dungeons and Dragons and Dicks. I will now pull out my katana and kill you all in person. That was what this is all about. W wait a minute. Welcome to the final installment of Super Villain Stuff You Should Know. This is Ben, the man who knows too much about Batman villains, with me as usual. <laughs> Tis I, everyone, Andrew. I'm here, ready to learn once again. Yes, and also with <laughs> us, our new co-host. Buckle your seatbelts and hold on to your vomit bags, kiddies. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> it's me, Zach. Yes. There's chunks in mine. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's chunky. And uh, we have another special guest with us. I'd like to introduce our pleasure. It's our pleasure to introduce you, the Batfeed, aka Jake. Hey guys, how's it going? I wish I wish I could do some kind of voice impression to <laughs> show myself in like that. I was hoping for a clay. Face we didn't give or you something. the uh, we didn't give you the heads up on that. I'm afraid. I don't, you do do voices though. I saw that. I do. Video, yeah, a little so bit of voice acting. We can. Oh shit. Uh, we can uh, take a bit of, you know, we do do some sketches, so we could probably do something. With <laughs> yeah. Soak up some of that talent. <laughs> uh, so this is the third and final part of the supervillain Stuff You Should Know trilogy. We started with Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. We went to Jared Leto's Joker. And now, unlike the first two, we have someone who is universally loved, even though he's only been on screen for like two minutes. And that's Joe Manchinello's Deathstroke. <laughs> yes. Also, uh, this is the end of our... Uh, at least for now, yeah. our Snyder coverage. From February, because Man of Steel was February 1st. Yes. <laughs> yes. This. So from February through July, this is the end of our journey into the Snyderverse. It's been a long ride, but we're ending on a high note to discuss not just Deathstroke, but the unmade solo Ben Affleck Batman movie that was simply going to be titled The Batman. Snyder's dick is raw. He can't take anymore. Uh, that's about it, man. At least for now, until he gives us another call. It's been good. Yeah. It's been good. It's been good servicing you, Mr. Snyder. <laughs> so we are going to... Uh, we want to talk a bit uh, to Jake about his channel, The Bat Feed, so our listeners know a little bit more about him and check that stuff out. Uh, we have some stuff, some of Zach's art, that kind of fits in with the theme of some of the stuff you do. I know it's difficult for... Uh, you to see, dude. But this is Michael Keaton in a Gotham by Gaslight style Batman that Zach did. Thanks. And then we have uh, Conrad Conrad Veidt Joker, which I know that you draw. Uh, we are holding well up the card to stuff. the camera for the yeah. YouTube. <laughs> yep. For the visual for the YouTube uh, listeners. Uh, that's really so if cool. you're on podcast, you can go take a look there. Yep. So. Uh, assuming that our listeners don't already, you know, aren't already familiar with you, tell us a little bit about your channel on the Bat Feed and what it's about. Yeah, so the channel has been in existence since January, but I only started posting in February of 2020. Um, kind of just, you know, it was something I always wanted to do. I, I was the kind of person that my friends would come to for not, not just Batman knowledge, but like superhero knowledge in general. I'm a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> um, I've read as many comics as I could get my hands on. Um, Batman the Animated Series, I grew up watching that. 
all sorts of stuff. So then when the pandemic hit, it was just like, oh, you know, a lot of people were getting furloughed, laid off. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, I'm a fan of the YouTube channel Star Wars Theory. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Um, who just does lots of fun facts and uh, fan theories and things like that. But there was nothing like that that I could find for Batman. So I wanted to kind of like branch out and start doing things like that. Started off, uh, you know, YouTubing is um, an acquired taste, I guess, uh, when it comes to creating content. Oh, we know. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us about it. It took me a while to find my stride for sure. But uh, we started doing these documentary videos. Uh, What if Batman took place in the 1920s? What if he took place in the 1800s? Um, And they really blew up. Uh, I think our highest viewed one has half a million views right now. Whoa. Which one is that? That's the uh, Arkham 1919 video that we did. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) Nice. And it's pretty straightforward. It's just, you know, record voice, slap pictures on top of it. But uh, it all comes from a book by Giant Panda King, which is a smallish company out of Sydney, Australia. So Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely a book I want in my collection after seeing what you've been doing with it. I think that does tie a little bit into Zach's question about that because I think that's that's your main a lot of your niche is coming from those documentaries yeah can you tell us a little bit about the growth of your podcast over the last year yeah um, so let's see if, if we were going to look back at the beginning of this year 2021 January I had 200 subscribers uh, and then I think it was February March so pretty much exactly a year after I made the channel um, the very first documentary that I did was just titled Gotham 1919 to 1939 based on the book by Giant Panda King and <clears throat> that video I just you know I, I kind of took a break from making videos for like three months because I got a I got a, a real job you know and <laughs> how dare you <laughs> yeah right and um all of a sudden uh, I start to get these notifications like late February early March that my subscriber counts just like skyrocketing and I was like what the heck and I'm getting an email emails from YouTube and notifications on YouTube studio and they're like one of your older videos has uh attracted a lot of attention and I guess YouTube's algorithm picked it up or something and uh the very first thumbnail I don't know if you guys have seen it is just straight front and center like Joker from that book yeah um I've got the book right here but it's a great photo nice that is cool you know, it's kind of it's kind of eye grabbing, and um, yeah, it's it's pretty spooky. So I'm guessing people just saw it, started clicking on it. The amount of comments I got in the first couple of months where it started to blow up of people like, "Wait, Batman was real? Batman existed in the 1920s?" <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody in particular was like, "I asked my grandma when this all happened," and blah blah blah, blah. and I was like, uh, "It's that's a." compliment i take it as a compliment (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty awesome that is yeah uh, yeah but uh it really just continued and obviously you know the interest was there so i kept making them and Mm -hmm. uh we started our new series gotham 1889 taking place in the victorian era and uh that's also grabbed a lot of interest so it's cool to see people get excited about the stuff we're making it's the closest we've got to see some sort of live action version of gotham by gaslight outside of just you know, there's a few fan trailers where people put, like, 
Robert Pattinson in period piece movies yeah. and splice it together and him fighting Jack the Ripper and stuff. But uh, there's a different feel when it's like a documentary and the feeling of this stuff was real. And also just a nice recap of Gotham by Gaslight because I was watching your Gotham by Gaslight one and you were talking about Jacob Packer. And I'm just like, who the hell is Jacob Packer? Oh, yeah, he was that <laughs> dude in the comic. I just forgot. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's not a regular character in the Batman yeah. mythos. Uh, but we, you know, we've been following each other for a while uh, on Instagram. I think we've seen each other's growth, but uh, it's it's been great to see that as well on your end, and to see the documentaries really hit off and watch them and, and enjoy them on our end as well. I think Andrew had a question about our stuff. Yeah, how'd you come to? How'd you find us? How did I find you guys? That's a really good question. You know, I was trying to remember that before coming on your podcast. Um, we've always been around <laughs> yeah I think I think basically I so I, I made my Instagram account back in I don't know sophomore junior year of high school I'm I'm only like 24 for if you guys don't know so <laughs> um, the Instagram account just started off as Batman stop motion because that's what my friend and I were trying to get the ball mm-hmm. rolling with um, and then I think it was after I finished college I picked the Instagram account back up and that's really when things started to pick up. Um, and I think I got introduced to you guys through uh, Cult of the Batman's Ooh. hashtag Cult of the Bat Challenge. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was doing that last uh, last year. That was yeah. really fun, even though it's extremely time-consuming. Yeah. But yeah. it was right in the middle of the pandemic, and I was just like, well, right. this is a good way to spend the time right now. <laughs> For those, yeah, you know, great work, repetition. great work, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> for those for those who don't know, it was kind of just a challenge of each day post something of your favorite this Batman related thing, that related, you know, this right. other thing, and I just like you know since we like so much of the deep dive stuff, yeah. and it relates to the channel, I wanted to post stuff that other people weren't or other stuff that oh, I didn't right. think other people were. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think I definitely remember that was a time where our Instagram kind of took off a little bit. Yeah. And. For those who've been with us for a while, you might remember we used to do some shout-outs to Instagram followers, and so Batman Stop Motion, which was you at the time, uh, was somebody who I had a few shout-outs to, I think, at the end of a few uh, of the episodes. So I think that that does check out. So, yeah. Cool. Instagram. That's cool. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, incidentally, also how I got introduced to Cult of the Batman, because he's been one of my biggest supporters, too. Mm-hmm. And he and I had a lot of similar posts that we were doing for that challenge, like favorite... Uh, favorite live action Batman and stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah it was cool to kind of just jump straight into the Batman community on Instagram that way so if you're 24 how'd you come to know I'm going off script a little bit Ben but how'd you come to know how, uh, Batman the animated series I mean that was <laughs> we saw that first run like yeah, yeah on I mean, the WB uh, channel the uh, the new the Batman Fox. adventures were coming out the year uh, still the year I was born so you know yeah new for me <laughs> but um, I think I'm trying to remember I think that uh, so my mom was like a huge garage sailor okay. and yeah okay <laughs> we uh, she would like go and pick up all these things and and we liked Batman because at the time the animated show of the Batman was coming out um, so that's that's another one that I was kind of introduced to. Um, so she picked up some VHS tapes of Batman the Animated Series. She found at video stores, garage sales, all sorts of stuff. And there was one summer in particular that my siblings and I got, like, really sick. We were confined to bed for, like, a week or so. Um, I think it might have been mono or something. I don't remember. 
but uh, we just like binged Batman the Animated Series on VHS pretty much the whole time and <laughs> I was like oh I gotta get more of this so VHS was around still? Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm just surprised at this timing. Yeah. I know. I had a few VHSs of this. You're not that much younger than me. I also grew up watching Star Wars on VHS with the director's cut and all that oh, stuff. Oh, so, okay. You know, oh, yeah, the special yeah. editions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was very. Yeah, we had like DVD players and stuff too, but that was. Uh, I think my parents were very much still on on the whole VHS kick. So. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, well, this is. Great. For those who haven't checked it out, we will be pretty much adding your channel into the description below. So check that out. Check out all the different documentaries. Familiarize yourself with the Giant Panda King book. That's definitely something that's on my list of very unique Batman things. It's not like I don't have enough stuff. But <laughs> I, I do like to find stuff that is you know, somewhat unique. And that's definitely a unique take on the whole mythos. It's like, what if he existed during this period of time that was even before 1939? The Panda King? Giant Panda King. Giant Panda King. Yeah. Is this in China? They're in Australia, apparently. Australia. It's a panda with an Australian accent. Batman goes to punch a panda (laughs) in the middle of the Chinese bamboo forest. Yeah. Why would you do this? It's cool too because the the book is. I have the first edition, and they're the one they're putting out right now is the second edition. They added like forty new characters to it, and there's like classics like condiment king egghead they're gonna be in the book <laughs> yes so condiment king yeah. man he's in the harley quinn show right mm-hmm. he is yeah yeah he's rivals of kite man <laughs> hell yeah checks out yeah. i love i love those shitty characters man it's so good i love that they made kite man like a thing yeah it's so good yeah, man definitely what's going on babe so this will segue into our main topic, but uh, Sheriff West sort of, we've, you know, obviously we've had this whole like six month deep dive into the Snyderverse <laughs> and stuff. So uh, share a little bit about like your take on Ben Affleck's Batman, the Snyderverse itself, the Snyder cut, sort of what your journey has been with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember going to see uh, Batman versus Superman in theaters with a bunch of my friends and we were all super excited because we'd, we'd wanted to see it like opening weekend, didn't work out, go to the theater. I was pretty much absorbed in the story. You know, the theatrical release, I think definitely is dwarfed in comparison by the, the ultimate cut, mm-hmm. uh, fills a lot of the plot holes in. But I honestly, like, you know, I could forgive a lot of the plot holes and, and definitely my favorite part about that movie was Ben Affleck as Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, then we walked out of the theater and a bunch of my friends were like, that was crap. And I was like, what? <laughs> so so then they're, they're talking about it, they're ragging on it, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess that was kind of a problem, or this and that. But then, I, yeah, you know, the ultimate cut came out. I for sure wanted to have my hands on that. Um, and, then, uh, and then we got, um, I'm trying to remember what came next, Suicide Squad? Even with, like, Ben Affleck's cameo as Batman in that? Mm-hmm. Still one of my favorite things about that movie, you know? Uh, especially when he's chasing after Joker and Harley Quinn, and then uh, she's like underwater, and then she starts to attack him, and he's just underwater and goes boom. <laughs> it's like yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got Justice League, and you know, it was what it was uh, when it came out in theaters. Um, it definitely was not perfect. Definitely had a ton of issues, and then the whole uh, Snyder Cut movement started. Meanwhile, all this is going on, and I'm just, like, progressively getting knocked down a peg on, like, my expectations for these movies. <laughs> and, um, 
And then, yeah, and then this whole movement really blew up, and WB announced uh, they were going to be doing the Snyder Cut. And and I'd been hearing all the rumors about the Batman with Ben Affleck, with him writing, directing, acting, starring, whatever. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And it was kind of the same thing, you know, seeing it progressively get chipped away at until it was like, oh, we're not even going to have Ben Affleck involved anymore. It's not going to be set in the DCEU. And I was like... Uh, I don't know if you guys watched Fandome when it came out, but right. yes. that that got me really excited for Matt Reeves' take on Batman. Okay. Um, but definitely super let down that Ben Affleck, you know, he's only going to be, as far as we know, only going to be coming back in the Flash movie, and he might be done after that. Mm-hmm. I, I really do enjoy him. He's, he's probably, as far as comic accuracy and just like, you know, Batman the Animated Series inspiration i would say he's probably my favorite live action just for that reason nice. um not a huge fan of the killing in batman versus superman <laughs> but mm. you know gotta you you win some you lose some yeah and as we said that's kind of par for the course on like every live action batman who's not adam west or george clooney yeah. which point. one i have a question now listen to his story sure for the whole group here which one is worse how would you rank suicide squad and justice league Ooh. specifically because I would go actually jo- I fucking hated Suicide Squad I think mm. I think Justice League is better than Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad yeah okay we've all- Zach this all became <laughs> apparent because Zach had this whole thing about how Justice oh, yeah. well you, you say it Zach you, well, you know how I feel I would watch Suicide Squad right now just despite Justice League so and I, and I agree with you Jake I've told Andrew before that Batman is like I would I hated uh, the Justice League movie so much and I said at least like Batman is better in Suicide Squad than he is in that in the Justice Cut of Justice League and he's really the one of the few good things about that film just those, God, those cameos one? well let's let's let Jake chime in on his opinion on this yeah, yeah. I mean, I still... So I have the entire DVD collection, say for like Shazam and I think Birds of Prey right now, of DCEU. Mm-hmm. And I still watch Suicide Squad when it comes time to like go through the lineup, you know? But uh, I, I definitely think that as far as story, uh, Justice League had a little more cohesive of a story than Suicide Squad did. And, and I know it was because David Iyer... Um, basically had to scrap his original plot for for the movie and then had to plug in Enchantress and place a Steppenwolf and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it shouldn't... They, it was like they, they made a movie, they took out bits and pieces and slapped other things in, and then they put it out with a seal of approval when you watch it and it's like this jumbled mess of... <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I wouldn't call it a movie, but <laughs> are we still talking about um, Suicide Squad or Justice League? I'm talking about Suicide Squad. Oh, just Justice <laughs> League, Justice League. Could have uh, both. I know it, it really was, could. Was, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Justice League. You know, it, it uh, tried to be a lot of things and didn't really know what it was trying to be. I guess you could sum it up in one sentence that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Justice League had at least a base template of what Zack Snyder was going to do even if they did kind of screw it up. <laughs> mm. um, but that being said, they're That's still my, my least favorite two movies in the DCU. 
Wait, so which one was on top? Sorry. Uh, I would put Justice League on top of Suicide Squad. Okay, Party. I'm not the only one in the fucking world. What, what was your <laughs> opinion again, Ben? The what? On, on mine? Yeah. Um, it's tarnished by the fact that we now have the Snyder Cut. So I'm well, just like, yeah, I we're never not have... talking about that. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> even then, just the sheer existence of the fact I can watch a better version of Justice League mm. means that I can ignore Justice League for the rest of my life. <laughs> as opposed oh, yeah. to yeah. Suicide Squad, as of now, that's the only version of it. I'm more likely to pop that in, you know, on HBO Max and watch that uh, than ever visiting or revisiting Justice League. So for yes. me, yeah. it would probably be Suicide Squad over Justice League. I can understand that rationale. Two versus two, yeah. But... <laughs> I just fucking couldn't stand Suicide Squad it at is, all. We're just comparing turds. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah, hard. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's go. Sorry to, to, to no stall worries. this, no Ben. Worries. No worries. Uh, so I want to put this question out there for, you know, we'll go one by one on this. But how familiar are you guys with the character of Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke, starting with Jake? Um, my first introduction to him was the Teen Titans animated show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't even called Deathstroke in that. Yeah, they didn't let but, it. <laughs> yeah, all the censorship and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I remember just really being struck by that character because, you know, Teen Titans is a lighthearted, uh, fun show while still having a really gripping story in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and Slade Wilson was one of the one of the reasons for that because they would show him and it would be like a complete tone shift in, in whatever episode he was showing up in. Uh, because it was like, holy crap, they actually need to take this guy seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never read any of the original comics that he appeared in. Uh, I know uh, he was introduced in Teen Titans, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, seeing, learning more about him, seeing him pop up in other things like uh, Beware the Batman, um, Young Justice, Son of Batman, like a lot of stuff in recent media. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been really cool to see that. And then obviously you have the Arrowverse and um, Teen Titans, or just Titans. Uh, yeah. Both of those really took me back to that first experience of Slade in Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, this guy is this guy's a serious threat, and they have to get their shit together if they want to take this guy down. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. That's, right. I, I really like him a lot. Zach? Uh, I pretty much agree with Jake. I first learned about Deathstroke through the Teen Titans, the original animated series of Teen Titans, and uh, him just being called Slade then. I actually didn't know that he was Deathstroke until um, I think I had found a couple of the original Teen Titans comics, and I started to read them. I was like, oh, his name's Deathstroke, and his real name is Slade Wilson. So I kind of put the pieces together after that, but I really liked him in that uh, show. I think he's been really cool on um, on Arrow. I think I got to know you know know him a little bit more then as well. Um, but overall, I'm really not too familiar with his character. I like that he was mysterious on the Teen Titans cartoon. Uh, I think right now, like he's kind of the Boba Fett of the Snyderverse. Like he just he looks really cool, and everybody <laughs> loves him. It's like their fan favorite. But he really hasn't had yes, a whole lot of screen yes. time. <laughs> That's Even true. less screen time than Boba. Yes. Probably, yes. <laughs> All right, Andrew. God, I don't know when I first learned about Deathstroke. It probably was just going to conventions in like 2013 and 2014. To be oh, honest, I never. Yeah, cosplayers and yeah. shit. I never saw the Teen Titans cartoon. Yeah, I, I saw Teen either. Titans Go. Mm-hmm. 
but that was kind of after all this. So, yeah. and then probably a, a lot of exposure came from he was in one of the Injustice games for me. Mm-hmm. I'm huge into those games, so uh, that might have that might have been like uh, another like big exposure for me. Mm-hmm. So nice, yeah, yeah. I also didn't. I've said this before, but I wasn't really watching the Teen Titans animated show yeah. when I was growing up. So I knew of him, but I didn't really yeah. know that much. And then what caught my eye was, uh, this is a little fun tidbit. In 2008, for some reason, as part of the Dark Knight, they had a few action figures of Batman villains who were not in the movies. One of them was Firefly, yeah. and the other was Deathstroke. Really? I yeah, have them. Death... <laughs> Zach Damn. has them. Yeah, I've got that figure. <laughs> so there's That's a awesome. Deathstroke Dark Knight figure, a Nolanverse Deathstroke Did it action figure. It looks pretty cool. It looks, pretty it looks cool. cool. I mean, yeah. it's, it, the mask is the only one of the two yeah okay you know he's not as armored up as manginello okay i think they reused a body from like bruce wayne and his uh ninja gear from batman begins action figures yeah but he he's kind of like a simpler version of the animated series or the comic book version of deathstroke Mm -hmm. the other thing too is like deadpool cosplay and deadpool in general huge and people just talk about deadpool a lot and then sometimes that conversation will lead into Deathstroke, right? Uh, you know, naturally, right? Yeah. So I think so, that was another how I came to know him as well. So for those who aren't already familiar, Deadpool is kind of a parody off of Deathstroke. You've got the yeah. dead in the title. You've got the multicolored suits that cover yes. them from head to toe, and then you know you've got Slade Wilson and Wade Wilson. So they really weren't covering that up. Yeah, it was Rob Liefeld <laughs> really having fun with yeah. uh, making yeah making fun of DC. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So it is interesting now that for the rest of the public who aren't familiar with comics, it's going to be the reverse. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's do what we did with some of the previous supervillain deep dives, and we're going to go into a brief history of the character as it relates to the Joe Manganiello version. So uh, he was created by Marv Wolfman, our favorite, <laughs> the man with the greatest name. One of, ever. One of the best names in comics. <laughs> that and Carmine Infantino. <laughs> so yeah, it was Wolfman and George Perez, and they he first appeared in New Teen Titans number two in 1980, just like what Jake said. He first appeared in Teen Titans. The Judas Contract. Or no, we're not there yet. It wasn't. It wasn't there okay. yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Romeo Tangal was the finisher. Adrian Roy was colorist, and he was originally called Deathstroke the Terminator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really. Yeah, wow. so keep in mind, this is 1980, <laughs> and James Cameron's The Terminator doesn't come out until 1984. Damn. So okay. Slade was the first Terminator. Forget Arnold. So fuck you, Cameron. Well, Avatar <laughs> Cameron, Cameron gets the last laugh because they took The Terminator away from Deathstroke. I think, Ava- so. I think Cameron gets all the laughs. <laughs> I actually just watched Avatar last night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, in the original <laughs> issue, Deathstroke was not actually the main focus or even really the main villain of of Teen of the Teen Titans issue. Okay. It was Slade's son, Grant Wilson. So Slade has a Grant son Gustin. named Gr- not Grant Gustin. Grant Wilson. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am the Flash. I mean Ravager. So <laughs> Grant R- Grant Wilson. What's his name? What's his name? Was Grant? Uh, what? That was the superhero name again. Whose superhero name? The Grant, Flash? Grant guy. No, the other guy. The guy I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm getting into it. Oh, okay. okay, okay. So Grant Wilson. God damn it. Grant Wilson gets experimental abilities from the organization Hive, and they want him to take, basically take out a contract and kill the Teen Titans. 
And so he goes in under the name the Ravager. So he's called the Ravager. Why do they want to kill these teenagers anyway? Well, because the teenagers keep fighting them, so they want to take out the teenagers. And what keep better putting... way to take out teenagers than use another teenager? It makes sense. <laughs> or, they have you know too much attitude. You know what? It now makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> they're too mouthy. <laughs> these teenagers and their rap music and stuff. We need to yeah, take them out. Rap music at this time was Run DMC and shit. Like, I know. It, was the... it was too much for them. <laughs> too much. We can't take it. <laughs> the youth have gone wild. <laughs> so were they punk rockers though? Like in the eighties, they were the ultimate villains. Like if they weren't Nazis, it <laughs> yeah, was punk true. rockers. All right. So Hive wants to take out the Teen Titans using Slade Wilson's son, the Ravager, and they give him the experimental serum. For him to do it however the serum has the side effects that are fatal and he ends up dying so that didn't work out so well but his father deathstroke the terminator swears to continue what his son started which leads into the famous teen titan story the judas contract okay great name so just the name alone sells, yeah. sells papers considered to be the greatest teen titans story of all time yeah. basically called the judas contract partially because he recruits a traitor in the midst of the teen titans uh, so variations of this have been adapted in the Teen Titans animated series that Jake and Zach were talking about. Uh, Young Justice Outsiders did a version in the latest season. Uh, second season of Titans did it, where Deathstroke you know, tries to eliminate the team. Now, uh, do you guys know how Slade Wilson became Deathstroke and how he lost his eye? Open floor. Open I know floor? that it varies iteration to iteration. I don't mm-hmm. know the exact. Okay. Yeah. So No um, idea. The original version is that uh, first off how he became Deathstroke was he was almost like an evil Captain America he was part of the army and they're just like we'll give you a super soldier serum Captain Russia it was the <laughs> also keep in mind that his skin his um, he almost has like these scales on his outfit in the original version which is kind of similar to Captain America's scaly oh. uh, armor in the comics at least not in the MCU yeah, and the Green yeah, Goblin yeah yeah I know, the, I know these scales that too yeah yeah so they were drawing off of Captain America, and they're just like, well, he just had a super soldier serum. So they gave him a serum that allows him to master 90% of his brain. <laughs> and so he has enhanced abilities, agility, speed, that type of stuff. He's not like Look the Flash. Look at this Rubik's speed. Cube. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and uh, he also has accelerated healing, which to me doesn't really make sense considering what's going to happen to his eye a little in a bit but uh, everything but the one maybe eye maybe he should have reversed it yeah <laughs> yeah anyway he has three children uh grant who i described earlier as the ravager yeah the first ravager then he has a daughter rose who takes on the persona of the ravager afterwards maybe he can heal but not regenerate maybe you know what so i mean the I don't suck know. Just just thinking. healed right up right after you can't regenerate a whole as, eye yeah not yeah. his other mm-hmm. eye yeah, yeah, um yeah. But one of the most important of his children is Joe, Joe Wilson. Uh, Joe Wilson at one point gets taken hostage by one of Deathstroke's enemies. And in the scuffle, uh, his throat gets slit. So Deathstroke has kids. He's, he's, he's middle-aged. He's or, a family man, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a little bit older character, mm-hmm. right, generally? Yeah, 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 yeah. The white hair and the goatee is true to the image. It's true yeah, to the original cool. image from George Perez. We need to have more, yeah, old badass dudes. <laughs> we need more old men in <laughs> We need more old white dudes in this. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about that. We hear you loud so. and clear, Andrew. <laughs> so oh, Joe's, Joe's throat gets slit, but he survives, but he's yeah. rendered mute, and he becomes the Teen Titan known as Jericho. Okay. The Teen Titans. So we now have a father-son, evil father, 
good son type of scenario, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader type of thing. Um, however, due to what happened to their son, Slade's wife and Joe's mother, Adeline, figures enough is enough. Uh, she doesn't go for a divorce. She instead just tries to kill him. <laughs> so she tries to kill okay. Slade, shoots him, and that's what causes him to lose his eye. Okay. So, uh, hmm. yeah, very bad domestic is what leads to him losing his eye, which is interesting, I think, considering he's, like, the world's most badass assassin, and yet it's it's not taken out on an assignment. It's taken out because of this personal issue in his family. Yeah, his guard was down, I guess, during that. Well, yeah, because he yeah. was looking over the body of his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that actually that can check out, I yeah, think. I yeah. think so. So when Deathstroke's announced as a villain, people were like, He's not a Batman villain. He's a Teen Titans villain. But do they not? They didn't cross over villains that much at the time, huh? Well, the character does have a history of fighting Batman. Okay, so I'm gonna get so into. So the fans are wrong again. A little bit of it. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> the fans are wrong again <laughs> on this. Have you guys read? There are some nope. issues that are yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> some <PLDs> like, no. <laughs> Have you guys read? No. I'm not even gonna wait for you to say what it is. Uh, this is. In 1991, Deathstroke got his own comic book series. Simply just Deathstroke the Terminator. Marv Wolfman does the writing again. But in issues 6 through 9, Slade arrives in Gotham City. Uh, So, have you guys read this? It sounds familiar. So, it was called City of Assassins. Badass. Badass, yeah, I know. Uh, And issue number 7, written by Wolfman, pencils by Steve Irwin... E, Irwin with an E, not Steve okay, Irwin. Not that guy. Yeah, not that guy. It's like how uh, multi-talented this is. <laughs> Crikey. Crikey, they're going to fight. So, <laughs> Will, Will Blyberg is the inker. R.I.P. John Costanza is the letterer and Tom McCross colorist. But in issue seven, there's a fight between Batman and Deathstroke. Steve Irwin was really big in the 90s, uh, Jake. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk so, about that later. Before my time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really not know who we're talking about? No, I know, I know the name, yeah. Okay, okay. No. okay. I was like, I don't think he's that young. <laughs> no. Dude, he, he, uh, his time was over by the... I mean, not, not when he died, but his popularity was pretty much I gone. Guess so, I guess By the time he was probably uh, cognizant of things happening. <laughs> well, at least he knows the name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Batman tracks Deathstroke down because Deathstroke's hunting after mobsters and Batman's trying to stop him from killing them. There's a chase that leads into a fight, and I'm sorry, but Slade kicks Batman's ass in this. You got to. You got to give him one at least. <laughs> it is brutal, and it's almost sad to see, and Batman even tries to get up, and he's like, I, I can't let you do this, and Deathstroke just knocks him back down again. And it seems like Batman's only alive because Deathstroke doesn't bother to kill him. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the trailer, seeing, like, Batfleck fucking in crutches or some shit, you know, like, in, in between a fight. <laughs> yeah. Bloody as fuck. Like, I remember whenever... Uh, Iron Man just looks at uh, somebody with the with the uh, black oh, eye in the Civil War. War trailer. Like, that was yeah. really... His, Robert Downey Jr.'s expression, too, and that was so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And if we had something like that, but worse, uh, yeah. in, in this kind of uh, trailer, it'd be, it'd be Especially cool. Especially because you know how badass of a fighter Affleck's Batman yeah. is from the warehouse sequence. If you can put that guy Woo! in traction... I got even. I got even more yeah. goosebumps now. I, I love seeing iterations of Bruce when he's just covered in scars, even on his face a little bit, like uh, yeah. Alex Ross's photograph of Batman yes. with like his uh, shirt off. It's like, yeah. holy crap! Yeah, he's been through yeah. shit, man. A lifetime of realistic. Yeah, yeah, fucking people yeah. up and get just fucked up. Don't scar the chin because then everyone's gonna. Die at that point. <laughs> yep. Not gets, the face. Not the face. Please cool don't. If they covered that, actually, like that's the one time he goes in for plastic surgery or stuff like <laughs> Maybe. that. Maybe. Like just to. He's got the money for it. He can cover it up. 
Alfred's like just putting makeup on him. Yeah, yeah, something. Bruce is <laughs> like, and we were him by the grab him by the legs and dunk his head in a Lazarus pit. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. Something like that, that is true. So, uh, again, keep in mind, Slade's the main character of this comic line. His creator is writing it. There was no way Marv Wolfman was going to be like, yeah, Batman just kicks Slade's ass, and that's the end of the story. Let's give it up, too, for Marv Wolfman for being the guy that, probably the first guy to combine katanas and guns. Uh, You got the coolest weapons Mm -hmm. all in one. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, at least for me, personally. Uh, I don't know how everybody else feels about that, but... No, it's a great combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what really put... Batman vs. Deathstroke on the map, though, in pop culture, is Arkham Origins. Okay. 2013, the game comes out, but even before that, uh, you know, not only is Deathstroke one of the assassins going after him in the video game, but there was a trailer that's almost like a short film, an animated short film of Batman fighting Deathstroke. Oh, yeah. That came out. I remember this, yeah. Directed by Tim Miller. That is correct. I do know that fact. Who then did Deadpool, because it's just like, well, I already did Deathstroke, so I guess I'm going to do Deadpool. Deadpool was his first movie. He was 52. You know, you just never know, guys. Yeah, you just never know. He hmm. had he had directed, uh, you know, animations like this before. He wasn't just out of nowhere, but his mm-hmm. first feature film, like it was, yeah, it was mm-hmm. like out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not out hope. of nowhere, but you know what I mean. Yeah, big jump out of nowhere. <laughs> or you can be Jake and be twenty four and have a shit ton of subscribers on YouTube already. So. <laughs> Jake, tell us the ways. Tell us the ways. <laughs> now we're on the way. We're gonna, we're, we're we're gonna be positive oh, yeah. here, guys. Yep. Uh, it's on it's top the, of the skits, right? We need to just drop them. <laughs> don't need to fucking, yeah, no one gives a shit. By the way, I talked to somebody else about that, and he yeah. said he said he listens to some of them. <laughs> well, god damn it, man! Oh, <laughs> it depends on which ones. Yes. Uh, 2014 oh, is the debut of the short-lived animated show Beware the Batman, which I know Jake's familiar with because you mentioned that. One of the main villains is Deathstroke. It's a CG one. Yeah. Yeah, that one was cool. Yeah. I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen a good bit. Yeah. Deathstroke's yeah. on there, voiced by Robin Atkin Downs, who also did the Doomsday uh, grunts in uh, Batman vs. Superman. Oh, really? He's cool. also the voice of the Riddler in the Telltale uh, series. Oh, wow. So, really talented cool. voice actor. But uh, he plays Deathstroke, who, in this version, was a former protege of Alfred's. Wow. Because they went full on with Alfred was James Bond. That is cool. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's a good take. So, yeah. Deathstroke, Slade Wilson, was the first protege of Alfred before Bruce. And so he wants revenge on Alfred, and Bruce is like the replacement protege type of thing. Was Alfred really cockney in this one, too? He wasn't cockney, but okay. he, instead of like stiff upper lip Alfred, it was more like this type oh, of Alfred. Oh, okay. So you know, not a gritty yeah. version. Not high class, but not cockney. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone was just like, he looks like episode. Jason Statham. Yeah, straight up. The very first episode, they introduce Alfred by him like wearing a ski mask and attacking Bruce in bed. So <laughs> it's like, oh, this is already a very different Alfred that's than awesome. he's used to. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, and then at the end of the fight, Alfred's just like, you were sloppy, you were too slow. Bitchy swap, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see Michael Goff do that. Or Michael Caine. Oh man, he should have at least gotten a fencing scene like the one in uh, Batman uh, sixty six. Oh yeah, did, you know. Yeah. No, no, that's that's how uh, Keaton got trained. Michael Goff would just surprise him in the middle of the night. And Keaton's like, "Let's get nuts, Mister Mom, do this. you piece think, of shit." <laughs> I think Michael Caine was beating Christian Bale with a uh, bag full of tangerines in bed. That's how he did it. <laughs> in my day, we beat you up. 
sack of tangerines. <laughs> You're not a member of the fire brigade, you piece of shit. Those are men. So You're a little bat bitch. What's the point of all those push-ups? <laughs> yeah, we Kane just to... roasted Bale. He didn't yeah. actually do much training yeah. with him. The yeah, bear, where the Batman true. Alfred is just beating him up if he doesn't defend he himself. He roasted him as he was about to catch fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if we're about to die. I'm doing this joke. Chris Nolan was like, there's a double entendre here. <laughs> so, and the Deathstroke's popularity, again, soars around the time of the second season of Arrow, widely considered to be the best, or one of the best, seasons in, in the entire Arrowverse where Mano Bennett's Deathstroke oh, yeah. is the main villain I and seeks shit. to completely destroy Oliver Queen's life which actually is strangely similar to what we're about to get into in terms of Deathstroke versus Batman so fuck yeah Deathstroke rules yeah we couldn't predict though that that would mean that he'd be considered to be the villain of the next Batman film as yeah. the successor to Tom Hardy's Bane but here we are so let's go into the history of Ben Affleck's The Batman July 9th, 2015, six years ago. Woo, that can't be six years ago. Six years ago. Oh, God, it's Deadline fucking announces depressing, man. Ben Affleck is going to team up with comic writer Jeff Johns on a script for a solo Batman film. Comics golden boy Jeff Johns, <laughs> who's never done anything wrong ever. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but great with comics. Allegedly, comics. internet. Great with comics. Yeah. Uh, as we found out from our discussion on Zack Snyder's Justice League 2 and 3 plans, I'm not sure if you heard about this, Jake, uh, the villain was originally going to be the Riddler. Oh, yeah. Because they were considering yeah. having the Riddler be part of the Injustice League for Justice League 2. I don't know who made the decision to be like, eh, let's do somebody that we haven't done before, but Affleck is on record saying, I want a villain who could be Batman's equal, both intellectually and physically. Yeah. And so he chose Deathstroke, and the man he chose he chose for Deathstroke is the world's hottest Dungeons and Dragons fan, Joe Manchinello. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Manchinello had already been known among comic book fans as Flash Thompson and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, but that was Makes the his... straightest guy feel at least a little gay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was Flash Thompson before he had that glow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, that's uh, true. you know, most famous for True Blood, and then as we covered in the Man of Steel, Snyder versus Critics series, he was actually Snyder's choice for Superman before oh, yeah. I we got to that. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Uh, but True Blood wouldn't let him go, so... Oh, if it uh, wasn't for that contract, we might have seen him as Superman. We might have seen him, yeah. Wow. In which case, we'd be talking about Henry Cavill as Deathstroke, maybe. <laughs> you ever watched True Blood? I've seen a couple episodes. I've seen one. it all. Not my thing either. Oh, yeah? We, we yeah. have Henry Cavill as, as Deathstroke in uh, The Witcher, basically. Yes. I know, I was thinking about that just now when I proposed that. It's like, the, yeah, yeah, it's kind of true. Underhand grip. That was the best fucking sword fight I've ever seen, too, in that first <laughs> In the Witcher. first episode? Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. We sends good. the sword through the guy's just through the guy's jaw. Yeah. Damn, I hope that's nothing but that in this next season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go into Manginella is a lifelong Batman fan. And to prove yeah. it, he's, I mean, he didn't have to prove it. Because uh, who's going to challenge him? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Who is challenging this guy? Yes, that's true. He's spilling all the beans on the Batman. I'm just like, you. do you Warner Brothers exec really want to take this guy in a fight? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's before he did do all the trading for Deathstroke. But anyway, yeah. uh, on a live stream with uh, the channel Man vs. Game on Twitch, he shared that in 1995, he was working at a movie theater. And okay. for the promotion for Batman Forever, they put him in a bat suit. Really? Yeah. Is this picture online? I don't think the picture's online, God, or at least he hasn't put it, it up. Somebody get that Polaroid he scan. He, he would have it out of anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he wore the bat suit as part of the promotion where, you know, kids would go to the movie and they'd be like, oh, Batman's part of this theater and yeah. want to keep c coming to that theater to meet Batman. It's 
genius promotion, honestly, for that theater in 95. Uh, and yes. then, obviously, Manginello becomes a big star, and True Blood starts going into the movies. He's in Magic Mike, which is also from Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers is just like, well, this is proof from him being in Magic Mike that he can be part of the DC Universe. I don't know the logic there, but, you know, just yeah. being part of hit movies. I've heard Magic Mike's actually pretty good. I've never seen it, though. I have seen it. Yeah. Have you guys? All right. All right. Well, <laughs> Steven Soderbergh directed it. I just heard. I've heard it's pretty good. I've heard it's pretty good. Well, Steven Spielberg directed it. No, no, no. Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Oh. Soderbergh. Oh. <laughs> Not especially. That would be, that'd be funny. Steven Spielberg's Magic Mike. <laughs> From Jaws to Jurassic Mills. Park. Yeah. Um, I'd watch it. So Warner Brothers vouches for him <laughs> because of the fact that he was in Magic Mike. If he was just in True Blood, I don't think they would have. They would just been like, eh, he's a TV actor. But because he's in these movies, they're like, this guy would be good. Snyder, of course, approves because he wanted him as Superman anyway. And he forwards yeah. him over to Affleck being like, okay, here's your guy. Yeah. Mancinello goes into the meeting having no idea about anything other than the fact that this is a possible role in the Batman movie. Okay. And he knows, well, obviously I'm not going to be asked to play Batman because Affleck's already doing it. Yeah. So he tries to speculate on it, and he thinks he's figured it out. And so he goes in, and Affleck's like, do you know why you're here? And Manginello's like, I think I know, and I have a feeling who you're going to ask me to play. It's Azrael. <laughs> okay. Manginello said that. <laughs> so... That's cool. And then the guy was like, who? <laughs> 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 so, if you need any more proof that Manginello is a huge nerd, uh, Azrael... That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, for him to pick Azrael is the vigilante who took over for Batman when Bane broke his back in the Nightfall storyline, for those who don't know. And I think part of that is just Manginello also thinking, well, I wish I could be in the bat suit, so yeah. this could be a chance for me to do it, even if it's the Azbat version. Oh, and shit, Jake's that's got awesome. It. This is as uh, as bat helmet that I got. That's nice. awesome. He's holding it up. Check out the YouTube. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would be such a sweet fucking like Batfleck verse, like to, to have Azrael yeah. Deathstroke, and Azrael has like a cult type type yeah. of shit, right? Yeah, like the what was it called again? The fucking um, the, the Order of Dumas, Saint Order, Order of Saint Dumas, yeah, and then Order of Saint Dumas, yeah. Hook them up with the with the Court of Owls eventually or something. Ah, God, we'll pitch it. I got the goosebumps we'll again. <laughs> The thing is, Manginello is too old for Azrael in the comic because Jean Paul Valley is supposed to be like 17 or 18. <laughs> He's supposed to be oh, really, really young or something. They could change that, that, though, couldn't they? Yeah, they could. And he just needs to have the shimmering hair. John Digitally <laughs> Coming to, <laughs> <coming> to Sephora. <laughs> so uh, Affleck tells him, well, no, this is for Deathstroke. Now, Manginello is already intrigued by this and he knows he's a fan favorite for this character because beforehand Boss Logic did fan art of Deathstroke nice. with Mancinello nice. and Warner Brothers execs saw it and they're just like well this seems like a good choice Boss Logic wields much power I he think does, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was one of the first to find out that it was going to be Pattinson oh Remember really that? was he yeah, yeah. he's one of the first yeah. he's in the industry he's not just a fan like yeah. the Spider-Man Far From Home Blu-ray package is him yeah. or the, one of the variants mm -hmm. you know so yeah yeah. So while he was mainly meant to be the villain for Ben Affleck's The Batman, it was later decided they should tease Deathstroke at the end of the Justice League movie. So they fly Manginello to London, and they make him the Deathstroke outfit already, even though obviously they haven't started the pre-production at all for The Batman, but they want him in the Deathstroke suit already. Oh, they, 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 they do a fitting. They do for a fitting. For preliminary like, suit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah. just the Deathstroke suit we saw in the movie, because they're just like, they you already know what? had it. let's make it, let's put you in this movie to tease Ben Affleck's The Batman. 
Do you know how fast they made that suit? It was pretty quick. I have no idea. Okay, just in, just interested because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I imagine it was probably during the time where they were shooting because they already needed those outfits for the main Justice League, and then yeah. they're like, "Oh, let's bring in Joe to tease the Batman movie," and then yeah. they're just like, "All right, that gives us more work uh, to yeah. do during this time," and so they do Deathstroke, and then Joe Manganiello flies to London. Uh, with it Affleck apparently is so excited that he takes out his phone and has Joe on the Justice League set and has him walk down the ramp of the Flying Fox okay and he films it on his phone I remember that yeah and he rele- and on Twitter on August 29th 2016 he releases it on Twitter damn without the permission of Warner Brothers <laughs> this is why his career's a little on hold <laughs> He's fucking, you gotta wait you gotta wait for the for the okay Affleck leaks this right before going on a flight according to Manginello, and shuts his phone off to avoid getting yelled at by Warner Brothers. <laughs> Total Bruce Wade move. This, uh, yeah, this is good. This is good. We'll post this. We'll post this video in the show notes. But yeah. people didn't automatically know that was the Flying Fox in the background. They suspected it. But now that you've seen the Justice League movies, it's pretty obvious now when you look back at that. However, we forget fans did not know necessarily who was in the suit yet. Oh, yeah. They full, just saw full, Deathstroke full come face down. face mask, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, cool. Does that mean Deathstroke's going to be in the Batman movie? However, on social media, here's something that's happened that is wild, but Manginello, uh had the story where, you know, he gets back to his hotel. Yeah. Sofia Vergara, his, you know, his wife, decides to do a selfie yeah. for Twitter or Instagram and stuff. They do a selfie, but guess what? Manginello has the goatee. Oh, shit. So this gets put on social media and people are just like, Joe Manganiello is in London where Justice League is being filmed and he has a Slade Wilson goatee and he's a popular fan choice for Deathstroke. Okay. Everyone puts it together. You can't even like punish Joe Manganiello for this. It's not even an NDA thing. It's not like he said that it was him. Right, right, right. (laughs) So uh, that's how fans figured it out and they're just like, all right, well, now everyone knows Joe Manganiello is Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke, and he's going to be the villain for this. And there were like no complaints ever about this casting. Unlike Ben Affleck as Batman, Jared Leto as Joker, uh, or... Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. This is probably the, one of the most universally loved castings. <laughs> it's I've, the one that they don't have a movie yet. The, yeah, and he's barely <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> I have yet to hear any negative complaints because I've heard some on pretty much all the Justice League members. Yeah, yeah. You know, even ones who, like, they just don't agree with the betrayal. Like Henry Cavill, most people aren't saying that he's miscast. They just don't like the, like, more serious betrayal of the Superman. Right, right, right. But nobody's criticized Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. They're all just like, right. yeah, that's perfect. Right, the yeah, suit, it is. Perfect, yeah. So uh, he goes to Monaco to shoot the scene on the yacht with Jesse Eisenberg, where Eisenberg's Lex, as we saw in the Snyder Cut, says, hey, Bruce Wayne is Batman. And that sets up the Batman versus Deathstroke movie. Okay. Now, what is the movie going to be about? Let's dive into that. Uh, similar nice. to his successor, Matt Reeves, Affleck said he wanted to embrace the detective aspects of The Dark Knight. So, in June 2016, Affleck says in an interview he wanted the world's greatest detective element to be more present, and that all the great Batman stories were, in a way, detective stories, comparing them to noir films like The Maltese Falcon. So, yeah, they've been talking about this de- more detective, uh, you know, take for a while now, even before huh? Reeves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that might be the main thread, other than the title, obviously, but the main yeah. thread connecting the two different versions of a movie called The Batman. Right. Uh, and then I think some of the most popular rumors have centered around Arkham when it comes yeah. to this movie. Yeah. So there were some rumors that the movie was going to feature the Batman Rogues Gallery getting broken out of Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Uh, but these were never confirmed by the people behind the scenes. We saw this in Batman Begins, of course, but that was at a time where Batman hasn't put 
Joker, you know, Riddler, right? All those guys in Arkham yet. So the idea of all of them getting broken out and having him having to basically go through a whole gauntlet of different supervillains was pretty cool. But uh, that didn't end up happening, or we're not even sure if that's what there was. The closest we've gotten to anything confirming Arkham comes from an interview with the film's cinematographer, or the one who was hired to be cinematographer, yeah. and that is three-time Oscar winner Robert Richardson, who worked on, he got the Oscar for JFK, The Aviator, and Hugo, the latter two of Scorsese, uh, as well as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, in an interview with the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, uh, he said the following. Well, he was going more into the insanity aspects. So I think you would have seen something a little darker than what we've seen in the past. And more into the individual who was inside Batman. What element may be sane and what element may actually not be sane. So he was entering into a little more of the Arkham, as you know. He's going into where you keep everyone who was bad. Everyone that shifted and Batman. And so that whole aspect was sort of... It was very fascinating to go to the darker side of Batman. Batman. <laughs> Anyone so. who's bad goes to Arkham. <laughs> I mean, Mental that gave instability us almost or not. nothing. <laughs> they gave us nothing, but... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man, for trying. You're not uh, the bank, Arkham. <laughs> you <laughs> used you to play for the camera. So I, I don't want to break my NDA, <laughs> but I want to talk about it. <laughs> I highlight this quote because a lot of fans took all these mentions of Arkham to mean that the Batman is going to be set in Arkham Asylum. It's going to be like Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum. I remember that got to me, too. I remember seeing that. Yeah, Yeah, they thought it was going to be like the Grant Morrison comic. They thought it was going to be like the video game. But when you look at the actual words, he's just saying that... (laughs) Almost nothing. He's saying almost nothing. (laughs) Arkham Asylum is in the movie, and we deal with dark shit, which... The bad guys are in Arkham, (laughs) and Batman has a bad (laughs) side. But all of Batman will be in Arkham, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> he didn't even say that. Oh, that was too much. He was, quote, unquote, entering into a little more of the Arkham, which <laughs> means we'll get two more scenes than usual. I a don't movie know. will have Batman in it. <laughs> Maybe. So uh, it would have been interesting to see what, asi- what the asylum would have been named because in Suicide Squad, it's just called Arkham Asylum. But in the Justice League Snyder Cut, it says Arkham Home for the Emotionally Troubled, which is the name from, of course, The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, uh, yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. Snyder's a huge fan of The Dark Knight Returns. And the plaque yes. even says it was established in 1974, which is the year it first appeared in the comics in Batman number 258. So that's kind of a little shout-out there. But what was the actual story between Deathstroke and Batman? We'll find out after the break. Hi, I'm Ray, and this is my friend Alex. Hi. And we do a show called No More Whoppers. Some call it corn, we call it therapy. We're adults with the virility of men. Want to hear us read snack food copy and talk about Japanese chips? Too bad! Join us every month or so on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard... 
Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. Coming soon to HBO Max. He's a bartender from the wrong side of the streets. His partner, a monkey from Krypton. Somehow, it works. Presenting Bibbo and Beppo. God damn it, Bippo and me that pistol back there. We gotta take down these fuckers. My word, I will not hand you this pistol. I will hand you a more civilized device. Here are some defibrillators. What's that, a banana? Oh, defibrillators? Yes. We got these criminals shooting at us. I need your monkey powers to save us. We need you to shock his heart. Who the hell's heart are we shocking? Metallo, of course. Oh, there he is. Oh, no. It's Beppo and Bibbo. And he's got a defibrillator. You better believe it, you nuts and bolts. We're here to take you down. It's Superman's pal and Superman's favorite monkey. I prefer Great Ape, but whatever. Here, have at thee. Ah! We shall defibrillate him to death. It is the only civilized way to carry out an execution. <laughs> Damn fine police work there, my monkey brethren. <laughs> I just said ape, but okay, whatever. My chimp champion. You have some damn fine police work. You're a good cop. I don't care what the other guys on the force say. Wait, wait, wait. What are they saying? Well, mainly the monkey jokes, you know. You know, bananas and stuff like that. I wouldn't pay too much attention to it. Just because bananas are exactly my favorite meal, does that mean that all the other stereotypes are true? Hey, you preach it to the choir, man. I believe it. Hey, I've eaten a banana or two in my day myself. Ha! <laughs> Is Metallo dead? Oh, yeah, he's smoking over there. I don't... <laughs> Let's head back to the precinct and talk to old Big Blue. When Bibbo and Beppo kill Metallo, shit gets real when they have to report back to the Fortress of Solitude to a disappointed Superman. Kal-El, we are back, and we have done the impossible. We have killed Metallo, one of your greatest foes. Hey, I five there, soups. Put your hand down, Bibbo. You know, I am terribly disappointed in you too. Gee willikers, we do not kill our bad guys. Haven't you learned anything from that time I had to break Zod's neck? That's a big no-no. He was going to nuke an orphanage. Well, that happens every Tuesday here in Metropolis. I look here now, you can't just shock everybody to death. Shocking the shit out of them is not the answer. We need to do things the right way, the Superman way. The American way. The civilized way. Oh, the civilized way. That's right. Now, by Odin's beard, get out there and do some honest, by-the-book police work. Um? By-the-book police work. It's the toughest thing for an ape with a cape and a bartender dude with a Superman tattoo. The narrator called me an ape. He finally got it. I got the hint. I'm sorry beforehand. So he's a chimpanzee, right? Sure. 
Whatever. I've given up on you. Come on, my orangutan. Let's hit the street. At this point, I'd rather you be wrong. Oh, let's get in the cop car. I hear some sirens. I can fly, dummy. Oh, thought that was just a costume. No. I know you're talking and everything, but I just assumed you were like a... You know, some kind of experimental monkey in a Superman costume you got from the Halloween store. Party City, you know? You've seen me fly before! Eh, my memory's not too good. I think I used to be a boxer or something. You know, rattle my brain around a little bit. Alright, fly me over to the next crime. Let's try to make soups happy this time. Here, I'll grab you with my toes. Let's go! Whee! Beppo and Bibbo, flying over to stop crime at Metropolis. Saving lives and trying not to kill criminals. Somehow, it all works. I have brought the defibrillator once again, Bibbo. Let us kill again! Bibbo, I'm getting too old for this shit. You're never too old for murder. This is the Bat Feed, and you've been listening to Superhero Stuff You Should Know podcast. Welcome back to Super Villain Stuff You Should Know. And we're going to go right into Deathstroke versus Batman. What was the story between Slade Wilson versus Bruce Wayne on it? So before we jump in, I just wanted to sort of ask everyone how much they've heard or how much they know about what this could have been, starting with Jake. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I actually was just reading an article uh, this morning from, I think it was comicbook.com. I can't remember the name of their podcast, but it was like a transcript of their podcast. Ah. And apparently, uh, on top of having like this big showdown between Batman and Deathstroke, um, Batman, kind of like we were talking about earlier, would have gotten his ass kicked and realized yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he needed help and, mm-hmm. and Batgirl potentially would have shown up. I think Joe Manganiello was talking about this. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much all I know, but yeah. All right. Nice. Zach? Uh, pretty much everything you've said so far. That's all I ever heard about it, especially the uh, the bit about him either possibly being uh, trapped in Arkham, almost like a recreation of Arkham Asylum, the video game, or like you said, the uh, Destro being responsible for the release of the Arkham inmates, almost like a almost like he's Bane in the Nightfall storyline. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I ever heard about it as well, and Deathstroke being the main villain, so I have not heard anything else other than that. So the question specifically is, how much do we know about this movie that Manganiello's been spilling the beans on? Yeah. Like uh, how much do you know? Not probably. much. I just remember hearing a lot of stuff about Arkham, and mm-hmm. somebody said, this is the best script I've ever read. It yeah. sh- ben Affleck should have made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said that. I'm sure you'll, we'll, we'll get into that. It, yeah. But uh, other than that, not a whole lot. Just wish it was made. <clears throat> Our main source for all this information is Joe Manganiello himself. <laughs> <laughs> As I said before in this podcast, I had no idea when watching Spider-Man 2002 that the man playing Flash Thompson and saying, I wouldn't want to fight me neither, would be my main source for Batman news on the script. I just had no idea. God bless him. God bless her. <laughs> I, we deliberately sort of waited a while to do this episode just so that there'd be more interviews. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to wait. Joe. Ben was waiting to see if he would spill more beans. <laughs> that's that's really what this is all about. I think the last thing was the Batgirl thing that Jake mentioned. I'm just like, okay. Okay, Can yeah. we get a little more? Was the Joker in it? 
you know, who was going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> give us some more stuff. But I think Taryn Killam from uh, from uh, SNL mm-hmm. plays D and D with him. Maybe we could find him online and ask him because she's probably spilled all the beans during his D and D games. How much of a how much of a roundabout <laughs> thing can we do with this? Hey, yeah, that we're, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Circuitous. Yeah, it's just like those people figured out Joe Manganiello was Deathstroke just from one picture from Sofia Vergara. Thank you, Sofia Vergara. Uh, so to discuss why Deathstroke wants to go after Batman, we have to go into a bit of their backstory. Deathstroke clearly wants to have some form of revenge. As okay. we saw in the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League, Lex makes a pun saying, quote, an eye for an eye when he looks at, yeah, you know, Deathstroke's eye patch, which I might be alone, but I originally took this as an implication that Batman was responsible for the loss of Deathstroke's eye. I, that's probably what that is in the story, right? Mm. Maybe. I'm going to go into a little more, but in the series finale for Boy the Batman called Alone, Deathstroke gets caught in an explosion during a fight with Batman in the Batcave that causes him to lose his eye. Or Lex just knows that he is sensitive to eye talk. That could also be another thing. (laughs) It's just like in BVS with Wallace Keefe, the guy in the wheelchair, he's like, the fuck you want? And Lex is like, I want you to stand for something. Oh, so this is just a thing he does. So it could just be a thing he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because Lex is an asshole. That's kind of funny, though. uh, Joe never says anything about... Yeah, Joe never actually said anything about the fact that Batman might be responsible for the loss of the eye. That's just kind of an implication from that. Uh, he did, however, say in the Man vs. Game Twitch stream, quote, in the Batman script, Deathstroke loses his son and blamed Batman for it. Okay. So that's why I talked so much about the Slade, Wilson, Slade Wilson's children earlier. Okay. It was because mm. apparently one of them died and Batman's the reason. Now, I'm Damn. not really... He was saving the Joker the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not 100% sure which son he's referring to, first off. As we said, there's two in the comics. There's Grant Wilson, who becomes the first Ravager and dies. And then there's Joe Wilson, who becomes Jericho and also dies at some point. So both of them are dead. Doesn't really rule anything out. Life's hard in Gotham, man. uh, It seems like Grant Wilson would be the safe bet since the first (laughs) Deathstroke story includes Grant's death and Deathstroke, his motivation to go after the Titans. Okay. So it could be that. However, let's also remember Jeff Johns is the co-writer on this with Ben Affleck. Johns goes on to executive produce Titans, which in the second season has Destro considered Dick Grayson to be responsible for the death of his son, Jericho, who would be Joe. Okay. So it's a possibility that this is a holdover from the script that he wrote with Affleck, given the timeline. Or it could just be that both the Batman script that he wrote with Affleck and that season of Titans is just inspired by that Teen Titans issue where Slade's son dies and Deathstroke now wants to go after the Teen Titans. Okay. So, anyway, it's all been different variations. Uh, as discussed in our dive into the secret origins of Ben Affleck's Batman, Manginello has said that both Bruce Wayne and Slade Wilson were trained in the League of Assassins. Okay, that was that was the, I was going to interrupt you randomly. Uh, but I'm well, glad now. I waited. <laughs> Patience is a virtue, everybody. Uh, what were you going to ask about? You were going to ask about the league. I want to know who, in this storyline who trains Slade, and you just answered. It would so. be Ross. Yeah. 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 Uh, he says, "Quote: One went one way, and one went the other. In terms of Batman went off, Bruce went to use it for good, and Deathstroke not so much. <laughs> he doesn't explicitly state if they trained together, though." Because okay. I was interested in that. I'm Different like, time. Because he's older. Were they classmates? Were they... Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Deathstroke's background with the League of Assassins is actually teased in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Okay. It's teased in it with 
his katana in the nightmare sequence yes. it has a logo of the league of assassins on it fucking love it yeah <laughs> so more of that and then the boom the fucking <laughs> killed i can hmm. uh the idea of Deathstroke being a member of the League of Assassins is relatively recent. It's not in the original Marvel Wolfman story <laughs> at all. Uh, I think the first instance of it is issue Batman and Robin number nine from Grant Morrison's run, where Deathstroke is under contract for Talia's League of Assassins okay. to help her get Damien under her control and away okay. from being Robin again. So he wasn't stated to be a formal member. I believe the one responsible for tying Deathstroke into the League is the animated film that Jake mentioned, Son of Batman. Okay. Because in that version, Deathstroke is a member of the League of Assassins, is primed to be the heir to the League. Oh, until shit. Roz chooses Batman instead. And chooses, Interesting. Yeah. I yeah. like that, too. So yeah. he's kind of the, the jealous brother type of thing. Uh, this is the only okay. current Batman movie where Batman faces off against Deathstroke. <laughs> Funny enough. Okay. So, oh, that Demons and Knights, Batman's not in it. That's just Deathstroke, huh? I don't think Batman's in that. Yeah, okay. I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so God, they need to do that more. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, we've gradually been doing some deep dives on the DC animated movie universe, and that's so we'll be covering Son of Batman in the Patreon for this week. Oh yeah. Uh, but the idea of Batman and Deathstroke training together was shown. We did get some Batman versus Deathstroke stuff. If you're in the mood for it, in Lego Batman Gotham City Breakout. <laughs> yes. These are the Lego Ooh. Batman <laughs> cartoon movies. <laughs> Not with the Will Arnett version, but yeah, with yeah, the Troy Baker yeah, yeah. version. These are like direct to DVD, direct to Blu-ray. There's a shitload of those, man. There's a shitload of them. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. we mentioned in our Batman Training Timeline episode, Bruce and Slade were under training from Madame Mantis. <laughs> In arts and crafts, Mantis? Yeah, but... <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she trained them in... Or she chose to train Bruce in the forbidden move, but not Slade. Uh, or something like that. Oh, that's so, cool. Uh, but she kind of saw a, his heart. It's a more comedic version of events yeah, yeah, yeah. than what you would think. I want to see the cute I can. <laughs> with, the, with the Lego <laughs> hands. What? <laughs> that's actually a, a, maybe a, so hilarious. They should have done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You got like Ken Watanabe to voice yeah. you know, like Ken in that. And then you, He's so serious. <laughs> you push your fingers like this and they just talk about fingers where they yes. don't address that there's no fingers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's then talk about Deathstroke's plan for his revenge and the comic and cinematic inspirations for Ben Affleck's The Batman. Because this is not just, in terms of what you're seeing on the video, this is not just a white piece of cardboard I've got here. I've been sort of hiding a comic here that is somewhat tied into this story so let's go into it Manginella describes that quote it was a really dark story in which Deathstroke was like a shark or a horror movie villain love it that was dismantling Bruce's life from the Woo. inside out it was the systemic thing he killed everyone mm. close to Bruce and destroyed his life yes. to try and make him suffer Death. because he felt that Bruce was, was responsible for something that happened to him fuck that guy so a few things on this I'm pro Deathstroke for this movie I think <laughs> <laughs> it says Slade kills everyone close to Bruce people have speculated J.K. Simmons is Gordon goner Jeremy Irons is Alfred oh yeah goner definitely definitely uh, as we know Affleck was planning this movie and appearances in Zack Snyder's Justice League movies there does not seem to be any plans for a trilogy or any sort of sequels this seems like a one and done so if you're going to kill off Gordon and Alfred this is the one to do it I mean Bad Flex, Ben Affleck's uh, relationship with Warner Brothers is so tenuous at this time you know, so, too, yeah. so maybe he was just kind of like, well, if they give me one, we're going to do the one. This is mm-hmm. the one shot. We're going to make this one. That's it. 
Um, that's probably what he was thinking. Yeah, probably. You know, there was like trilogy, probably not for me for some reason. At this yeah. time, the internet hates him. Internet's really hating mm-hmm. Snyder. Uh, they're mm-hmm. hating the Justice League that Snyder's attached to. Mm-hmm. So uh, now the whole fucking world's changed. Yeah. Everything I just said is the opposite. And, uh, <laughs> and now everyone wants it. Yeah, everybody everybody really wants it. So, so yeah. Which why is part of the title, we have hashtag make, make the Batfleck movie. So, uh, in terms of cinematic influences, Mancinello compares the story to the David Fincher film, The Game. Yes. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. My parents rented it on VHS, and I was too young to watch it. <laughs> so I have not seen it. I remember them watching it. It's on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? Okay. It's on Netflix now. Jake, have you seen this? I have not. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So, Michael Douglas plays this wealthy man who seems to lose everything overnight due to this game that someone has set up for him to play. Awesome. So I'm imagining something similar with Deathstroke. Uh, You've seen it. I've seen it, yeah. It's a similar vibe to... uh, Seven? Seven? Kind of. Yeah, like Seven and Saw. (laughs) Kind of reminds me of Saw, too. (laughs) I guess, yeah. I like the Saw movies. More, um, (laughs) a lot less graphic. Terms of okay. yes, yeah. yeah, it's not torture porn. Remember how Punisher shows up in a in a Daredevil Netflix? Yeah, he's portrayed as a terrorist, basically a domestic mm-hmm. terrorist, which is a decent portrayal. Right. And I, I like if they did that, but amped it up into horror, uh, making him like a Freddy or Jason. It's yeah. good. Uh, others have also compared the plot to the Daredevil arc, Born Again, which is okay. what got Frank Miller on the map to later then do you know a lot of stuff that we know him to do, which is with Batman. You know, Dark Knight Returns, year one. Uh, the villain, the Kingpin, finds out that Matt Murdock is Daredevil in Born Again and goes about destroying his life and sending Matt Murdock on the streets. And this was, of course, adapted into the third season of the Netflix show and, funny enough, was a popular choice for when fans in 2004 were speculating about if there was a Daredevil 2 for Ben Affleck. Oh, saying, really? Yeah. You know, because <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan's Kingpin finds out that Matt Murdock is Daredevil at the end of the Oh, movie. yeah. So that could have been a nice follow-up. But, you know, yeah. we know what happened with that movie. I heard the director's cut's decent, but I have never seen it. We'll do yeah. a deep dive. Yeah. yeah. You've seen it. I've seen it, yeah. Is it a lot better? It's just like, eh. It's a lot better. It's a lot better. It's a lot better. Wow. It's so... not like Snyder cut dramatically a different movie. Yeah. But it's just like what they add to it helps a lot. Well, oh, God yeah. Damn. So it's not like Ultimate Edition BVS. This is like really helps quite a bit. It's like in between Ultimate Edition of BVS and Zack Snyder's Justice League, where it's yeah. just like it adds more. <laughs> adds a lot more I think than what even Ultimate Edition does for BVS yeah. but isn't so much of a dramatically different movie right. as the Snyder Cut okay that's interesting I saw that in the theater and we were excited in the in the, uh, in the car We were, I remember we were so amped to see Daredevil, Daredevil. and then the ride back was like uh, <laughs> you know we were, we were uh, yeah it wasn't yeah. good it wasn't a good vibe <laughs> have you guys read uh, Born Again have not no I'll have to check that yeah, out yeah I have it's a good one. Skipping me. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've I, read I, I some comics, everybody. We joke about it a lot, but I just haven't, <laughs> Andrew I haven't read does as much not as everybody read. else here. I don't read that much, so yeah. <laughs> just texts. He's still trying to make it through all the newscasters in The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is uh, hard to get through, man. <laughs> too many little uh, words in them boxes. It's <laughs> too many words. Uh, however, there's one Batman comic that I think has some similarities to the story thematically in, in some of the plot points, which is the one I've got here. Have you guys read a story called Down to the Bone? Also known as The Triumph I of have Human not. Strange. It's a no from me. So I this, haven't read it, but I have I have like 
read about it. Yeah. <laughs> Jake knows a little bit about this. This is yeah. a somewhat rare comic. I don't think it's even on DC Universe Infinite. I bought this uh, by Doug Mensch, Dennis Cohen, and Alfredo Acala. It is commonly referred to as the Born Again for Batman. So both Born Again and Down to the Bone came out around the same time in 1986. But in this version, it's not Deathstroke, obviously, but it's Professor Hugo Strange, one of my favorites wants revenge on the Batman. He already knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman thanks to the strange apparition storyline that we covered last Halloween. Uh, and similar to how Deathstroke now knows Bruce's identity thanks to Lex. So in both the comic and the proposed Ben Affleck script, the villain even destroys Bruce Wayne's finances. So oh, wow. in this story of Down to the Bone, Bruce Wayne is living on the streets and he still has to gather enough enough resources to be Batman because he has no access to the Batcave, no That's access cool. to Wayne Manor, no access mm. to Alfred, no access to Wayne Enterprises, nothing. He's right on the streets, and yet he still has to be the Batman. That's awesome. Uh, and so this is all because Hugh Strange wants to hurt Bruce Wayne down to the bone, which is why that's why it's called that. Damn. It's one of my favorite stories. That's cool. So when I first heard this was the idea, I was like, oh, they're doing that. Now, I don't know if they formally read it, other and if... <laughs> they actually were trying to reference it or they're just like that idea because that type of plot isn't necessarily you know original to just the story but it is one for a batman story you know we associate it with born again but that's daredevil okay yeah so, 86 i see 86 yeah yep okay yeah so that's uh batman annual number 10 sweet uh, let's see cover's Angelo. pretty cool Manganiello also says that Affleck was studying the Arkham Origins trailer from Tim Miller because he oh, wanted yeah. to bring that to live action. That's cool. <laughs> he wanted the fight sequence like that. That's cool. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the best at the time. Yeah, so yeah. that would have been amazing. You know that he would have pulled that off as yeah. well. Uh, and Batman would not be alone in this movie. As Jake brought up and we've brought up in previous episodes, Batgirl was going to be in the film. So let me bring her in for a little bit. So here we go. There are several Batgirls in the comics canon, but I think it's a safe bet that this would have been Barbara, since you've already got J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. And Snyder already had plans for, as we said in Justice League 2 and 3, they wanted, Snyder basically wanted Barbara to kind of be the successor for Bruce, and then become the police commissioner, and then train Bruce's son to be Batman at the end of Justice League 3. So, it's a lot of stuff. Uh, Batgirl was going to be in it and try to help Batman in the fight since Deathstroke is so fast that according to Manginello, Batman is, quote, completely afraid that he has found someone who can actually take him. That's cool. So Batgirl tries to step in, and I think both of them get their asses kicked <laughs> in this. But From what you can discern, yeah. is this arc for Batman like, I can't be a loner anymore kind of arc? Uh, maybe. I think I see this as a challenge of the Batman that we got in Justice League, where he's just like, I have healed from this, I'm more trusting of people, I have a team now. And then Destro uh, comes in and, and starts eliminating parts of his own family and being like, all right, let's test that. How are you going to deal with this tragedy? Because right. the way you dealt with the death of Robin and the destruction of your building and Jack in the beginning of Batman vs. Yeah. Superman <laughs> Most wasn't so good. Jack. Not yeah. Jack. <laughs> Why did this you remind me? Wrong. <laughs> Why did you say that name? I still miss, still miss Jack. <laughs> we should put up a fucking uh, memorial. So I, I see this story as like, <laughs> let's actually test how much Bruce is healed by giving him more pain and seeing how he reacts to that. Does he still turn into the murderer that we saw in Batman versus Superman? The whole, how do you react to trauma? Yeah. How yeah. does he react to new trauma? New trauma. Because now yeah. Deathstroke has done that. Yeah. 
and then we don't okay. know what caused the death of his son either okay it could just be it could be he was somebody who was killed during the events of bvs could be somebody who was branded we don't know okay he hasn't spilled those beans yet Not he yet, was in that car that months. batman swung around the batmobile <laughs> and smashed it into something else and it blew up yeah they did that, it was the wrong car actually he was just sitting in there it was a lift <laughs> oh. it was a lift and he was in the back this wrong place wrong time Batman's like they all Thanks look a lot, the same Batman. to me. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> um, we also know that they had brought on Joss Whedon to do a Batgirl movie before he came on to do the Justice God, League. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah he was attached to that for a yeah. bit, huh? Yeah. Damn. So that was going to be Barbara Gordon as well, because they were saying that it was based off of her first appearance in the comics. So okay. it's likely going to be Barbara. In this. I could see that. She's yeah. also like most recognizable from for older fans too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I don't see them doing Cassandra Kane or Helena Bertinelli, Bertinelli yeah. doing yeah. the No Man's Land thing. I just don't see Plus that. her connection to uh Gordon. It just makes it more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah. You already know Gordon. Gordon yeah. goes home. Yeah. Has a young daughter. Daughter becomes interested in crime fighting. Decides to help Batman. Boom. It's done. Simple. There it is. So let's go into why wasn't the Batfleck movie made? Uh, you can see a lot of videos of Affleck getting visibly frustrated during the press <laughs> for his passion project Live by Night in 2016 um, as he spent two years on it and yet everybody was asking him about the Batman and he's like I'm working on it uh, so Affleck has been on record saying he couldn't quote crack the script Robert Richardson said there was quote a script but not a loved script okay uh, and then one of the most random sources for this next thing is Brett Easton Ellis who was the author for the novel of American Psycho. Okay. Not involved with the movie, but the original novel. Yes. So this ties into Christian Bale, to Ben Affleck, but somehow he hears about this. Sporty chess. Where he, yeah. <laughs> he says that he was with dinner with execs who knew the execs. So this is kind of like third, fourth party okay. things. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who's working on the Batman. Grain basically. of salt time, all right. And uh, apparently there were, quote, serious problems with the script and they were trying to go to the studio saying, like, hey, here are these 30 things wrong that we can't fix. And the studio said, we don't care because of the amount of money we're going to make off of this shit. So <laughs> It's that same guy from Wall Street. It's the same guy from Wall Street <laughs> yep. that I was talking about. These are the same people that made Suicide Squad. So. <laughs> same, same exact problem. So, on one hand, you got some people talking about problems with the script. Uh, we don't know what those problems could be. Are there guns and katanas in this script? Yeah. I would imagine. Well, it's fucking greenlit then. Okay. Let's do it. Because uh, that problem could be anything from a story problem to, oh, we don't like that you kill Alfred. Like, we don't know what oh, it is. Oh, yeah. You know? Or we don't like that Batgirl's in this movie because we want to save that for Joss Whedon's thing. I would allow the killing of Alfred in this movie just because it's an older Batman also. That's you know a, what I mean? Like, yeah. there are, it's, it would I mean, it'd be sad at any point, obviously, especially young, but... Yeah. I don't know something weird. You just for me, just allow it. You would allow it in this in this uh, case. Something you've never seen. Once yeah, before. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're going to follow up the Nolan trilogy with another solo Batman movie, you put your own stamp on it. Most is the most yeah. important thing. So, I can see how that could have been controversial just on the studio side. Never mind oh, yeah. the audience because the audience hasn't even seen this. Um, but one famous tweet that you're familiar with has the opposite opinion on the script. So let's go into yeah. it. Batman fan Bill Ramey of Batman on Film claimed 
that he knew about what was going on and said that Ben Affleck, quote, never had a story, which, as we know from Manginello, is just not true because <laughs> he did have a story of Deathstroke. Okay. okay. But this is, a, this is one of those random Batman fans who says, I got the inside scoop, and then it turns out to be, you know, basically contradicted later. So we shouldn't believe this. It's not quite we got this covered. Okay, well, yeah, but yeah. Still, I thought, he, but I thought the quote I heard was from somebody in the industry. But somebody I in the industry responded back, and that was oh. Jay Oliva, who worked with Snyder on the storyboards. Okay, okay. For this, has read the script and has been the director of several DC animated movies, including The Dark Knight Returns, uh, Batman yeah. Two, all sorts of stuff. Okay. Uh, and he said, "quote The original Affleck script was the best Batman script I've ever read," and that's from somebody who's actually directed Batman animated cool. movies said quote Ben had a kick-ass story and I believe that the audience and fans would have loved it there was a lot happening that is above yours and my paycheck I wish it was as easy as just making it it had some of the best Batman Deathstroke stuff I'd ever done so Damn, between the man. two I think I'm going to believe the second guy <laughs> yeah yeah say Oliver that, that's saying a lot from him too because he's so involved with the animated movies exactly exactly he's yeah. made one of my favorites which is The Dark Knight Returns part one and two and uh, he definitely understands this world and the characters and has worked with it, and he's in the know on that. So I think you know, I'm going to take him on that. I'm going to believe him on that. Uh, <laughs> Affleck oh, said later on, uh, quote, I showed somebody the Batman script. They said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. Oh, okay. So what they're referring to is likely some of the alcoholism that he was struggling with because he did have a stint in rehab uh he was going through the divorce with jennifer gardner and then of course as we mentioned his passion project with live by night not the most well received yeah and then he took that chance to put on the bat suit even though he kind of swore not to do a superhero thing after daredevil yeah. thinking that this would do well and instead like just the reception that it got wasn't what he expected it was so mixed you know. at first but now it's to me it seems so positive online it is now yeah, yeah it is now but like it's cool to see that retribution i mean uh vindication yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah yeah 2016 2017 not so much and then his buddy who got him that role as batman his daughter passes away and that type of stuff like there's so much <sighs> yeah. stuff that happens at once that it's yeah. just it's better for his own mental health that he stepped away from that i'm personally i'm kind of just like if the cost of this movie was affleck getting to heal himself it's fine that we don't have this movie for right now. <laughs> yeah, it's completely yeah. fine we don't have this movie. <laughs> well, you see him at the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and he yeah. looks like 20 years younger, just about. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. hopefully they didn't mm -hmm. use the uh, de aging technology on him. I, I'd like to believe <laughs> that he really just went through rehab and is yeah reborn. He just looks good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so Ben Affleck from Goodwill Hunting shows up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's one of the best movies. It is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some people have wanted to see a de-aged Alfred, I mean, not Alfred, a de-aged Affleck and doing some flashback scenes. Oh, yeah. That could have been cool. In the flashback, it's it's forgivable. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then in 2017, apparently Chris Terrio reportedly had turned in a rewrite of the movie. Oh, our man Terrio on the scene. Yeah. That's cool. Getting, if you look at the timeline, January 2017, that's right. That's like, that's before... The death of Autumn Snyder, that's before Joss Whedon, that's before all this type of stuff. So Terry is still involved. Nothing point. too bad has happened. Affleck Nothing. hasn't been drinking that much. Right. Uh, but <laughs> Affleck does drop out as director around this time. So something happened there, you think? Yeah, I mean, I imagine a lot of it is just the live-by-night stuff. And then he's probably going through a lot of the stuff with Jennifer Gardner and the alcoholism. So... Just a lot of stuff in his personal life, I like imagine. Like the, the town and uh, Gone Girl, he directed, right? So and maybe Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby, yeah, yeah, Gone Baby Gone. I get those mixed up all the time. Yeah, the titles. So he, uh, you know, obviously people liked him directing, but mm -hmm. I guess I don't know. 
Yeah, I think he just needed to take a break from work. That's what Dude, it sounded like. I, yeah, I think people don't realize how much work goes into this stuff. Yeah, they just think, oh, you just turn on the camera and they just do their thing. They don't yeah. realize how exhausting it can be. Like their assistants must be just filling up their iCal or Google Calendar. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like it's just c- constant, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, so Affleck drops out in 2017. And then later on, Matt Reeves comes in with the implication to people that he might be making this Batfleck film. Because, again, Affleck is still involved with Batman. He still shows up for the reshoots, obviously, for Justice League. Yeah. However, people have sort of presumed that Affleck was already on his way out. Okay. And that Reeves was coming in to do his own thing because obviously this younger Pattinson Batman what doesn't exactly seem like it was a holdover of any yeah. of us. It's his own thing. So I, yeah. I kind of yeah. have trouble believing Reeves comes on and is just like, yeah, let's just do your Deathstroke thing. Reeves finds Matt's and Tomlin somehow and then yeah. they just do something totally on their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That Whatever Tom... Uh, Mats and Tom's Tomlin Tomlin yeah. wrote mm-hmm. I, yeah probably nothing to do with this script yeah in the no. sign reverse at all yeah. and honestly like just if that's Reeves vision then let him do that vision you know I mean have you uh, seen like, those apes movies <laughs> god damn those are good <laughs> and then also you know I, I think if they ever do make this if they make the Batfleck movie because you know Manchinelle is ready you know Affleck's still at a good age for it. <laughs> Manchinelle's got his phone just ready. He's been waiting. Yes. He's still checking. He's sitting around things. wearing the Deathstroke costume right now. Sofia Vergara's wondering what the hell he's doing. <laughs> he's pondering what it would be like if his kids died. All kinds of dark shit. Oh yeah, that type of stuff. He's asking Sophia to take out his eye. He's going to oh, method. Wow. But <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. He's exec. <laughs> Uh, so we know what happened here, kind of, with yeah. Affleck stepping away. Let's talk about Manginello, since we're already on the topic. Because he does all this work. As we talked about, early 2017, Affleck steps down from director. Uh, Autumn Snyder commits suicide. Unfortunately, Snyder leaves the production. That causes this whole mess of Justice League's production with Joss Whedon. Uh, and then two weeks before the release of the theatrical Justice League, at this point, Manginello is just like, Zack's gone. Affleck stepped away from director. They're not doing this movie. I don't think I'm in Justice League. So, whatever. All right. Because it didn't work out. I am still having sex with Sofia Vergara, though. I know. His his life is <laughs> not so exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Manchinelli gets a call from DC exec John Berg, saying, John Berg saying, you're still in the movie. We just did reshoots with Jesse Eisenberg with a bald cap and a really tight close-up saying... What if we had a league of our own? <laughs> Damn. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a tease for Injustice, in the Injustice League. Manchinelle is like, sweet, we're going to do Justice League 2. Uh, Warner Brothers even makes room for this by not allowing the Manu Bennett version of Deathstroke to return to Arrow for a while. Damn. Uh, okay. After season six, Deathstroke was a mantle taken on by other characters. You never saw him again. You never saw okay. Slade, specifically. Okay. Uh, so all of this to pave the way for Deathstroke to be on film in Justice League 2. Warner Brothers pulls the plug on Justice League 2 of course <laughs> after this uh, so then they're just like well let's try to put you in other films apparently they're going to try to put him in Suicide Squad 2 okay it was going to be Manginello his Deathstroke versus Deadshot that was the main okay. De- Deathstroke versus Deadshot okay which would put him against Will Smith and funny enough this type of showdown is not only in the Arkham Origins stuff but is in the storyline for the War of Jokes and Riddles Okay. Which would be in the Rebirth storyline. So, uh, obviously, this fell through, and the Suicide Squad that we're getting is a completely different one from James Gunn. So, uh, once again, Manginello is out of, let's 
let's keep track of all the different projects. <laughs> he was part of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. That yeah. gets altered. The Batman from Affleck, gone. Suicide yeah. Squad 2, that's gone. Right. All right. Um, he's done all this research, though. <laughs> so here's what he's done. <laughs> he did katana training at Dang. the Ninjutsu's dojo. Really? Yeah, he said so. Did he say what dojo? He didn't say. Okay. He studies Qigong. He speaks to Japanese martial artists about ancient scrolls and techniques that wouldn't be taught to civilians off the street due to how dangerous they were. (laughs) (laughs) But I won't show it in the movie. Yeah. Don't worry. (laughs) He also works with martial artists in developing a unique stance because he's like, my character has lost one eye. How is that like in terms of fighting? How does that change your peripherals? What way would you stand? That type of just so much goddamn research in this god bless mangia nello (laughs) (laughs) fucking a man uh did he go to uh train with flash in china (laughs) also (laughs) doing the yoga stretches yeah Yeah, doing that yoga shit i i don't know it looks like he went more to japan instead but uh, you mean he did shit that made more sense yeah, he did shit. Honestly, this <laughs> stuff makes more sense. Just Actually, eye. I like what the Flash did, but it's a little bit uh, this circuitous. This is more on topic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the the eye thing. When I heard that, I was just like, oh, well, I'm, that's something. I'm betting. You know, no offense to the other actors, but I'm betting none of the actors really did that type of stuff. Okay. So that's great. That's amazing. Uh, Deathstroke, as I said, has the Super Soldier Serum that gives okay. him the ninety percent, you know, brain capacity thing to solve those Rubik's cubes you're talking about but Manginello <laughs> said he didn't want Deathstroke to have powers so his Deathstroke does not have powers his Deathstroke is just like Batman in being he's just really well trained he's a man who quote experienced tragedy and instead of becoming this altruistic utopian who believed that people could be better like Batman yeah. at the end of yeah. Justice League uh, he is quote this nihilistic killer and there was this line in the sand between the tactics that he was willing to use and the ones that Bruce was willing to use because again, right. they're trained by the same league. Right, right, right. So, so he didn't want to attack him during that. Batman versus Superman because he's like, well, you know, he's pretty much like I am now. <laughs> he didn't he's see too bro. much of a difference then. Until you <laughs> killed my kid in the lift. Then, That's then right. So <laughs> oh man. Uh, Warner Brothers says that says, hey, uh, you have all this backstory. What if we turn that into a movie? <laughs> what, so, if, what if man you know was like let's do it I've been waiting I'm ready, I'm ready. I, I didn't go to Japan for nothing like, let me get this so, let, me, let me stop looking at the scroll real quick and uh, I'm ready to go <laughs> uh, so again Warner Brothers you really want to mess with this guy who learns all these secrets <laughs> that are too dangerous for a regular I got the civilians. real Kodai Ken going on yeah and also he <laughs> let's not forget that he also trains in a lot of firearms for previous movies oh yeah for so sure. this man is basically real life Deathstroke yeah he's just <laughs> Also, just happens to be, you know, a Dungeons and Dragon nerd. Also <laughs> I mean, that's what really makes him so guy. great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Manginello then writes an 11 to 16 page script treatment, just solely based off the backstory that he's devised of Slade Wilson. Manginello did this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he gains interest from Gareth Evans, who's the director oh. of The Raid. Yes. Okay. And he wants to do a Deathstroke origin movie like The Raid. So he said, "quote It involved Adeline." the you know his wife who took his eye yeah. uh the kids so joe grant presumably how batman's responsible for killing one of them um wintergreen now we haven't covered wintergreen that much but wintergreen's kind of deathstroke's alfred okay he's kind of mm-hmm. his uh you know ex-military assistant who's a little older with a mustache is he also he's british the, he's also british wow yeah okay 
I'm surprised there hasn't been much talk about Wintergreen Evil in the Alfred. script. You would think that it would be a Wintergreen versus Alfred sequence. Sounds like chewing gum to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a, what is it? Winterfresh yeah. or something like that? Yes. Spearmint Green yes. or some shit? Spearmint. <laughs> but he's just chewing gum. Take your chewing gum butler out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, chewing, you're gum chewing ass. Uh, and then Talia was going to have involvement in the script. Okay. So we would have met the DCEU Talia. So that would have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, and he said, quote, in my script, there was an origin story for the sword. That's amazing. Okay. And there were League of Shadows ties and things like that. Unclear whether they would have been called League of Assassins or League of Shadows. He's kind of sort of switched between. They hadn't gotten that one. far yet. There were rumors that John Cleese was going to be Wintergreen. Incredible. Uh, Incredible. There's a, even a photo of him with a bunch of Batman comics, and apparently some of his Twitter activity was involved with DC. So a lot of people were just like, is John Cleese going to be in Justice League? Is he going to be part of anything? I shall be Wintergreen. Evil. Gum-chewing <laughs> Alfred. <laughs> Turns out that's not the case. But again, I'll just propose to you, John Cleese as Wintergreen versus Jeremy Irons as Alfred doing verbal barbs at each other for one scene. Fencing, dude. Let's do... F- How about <laughs> with, with whips. He spits his gum at him. Evil Alfred versus <laughs> our Alfred. Yeah. You piece Jeremy, of shit. Jeremy Irons makes him spit out his gum, and then he gets pissed. <laughs> oh, it's all down, my man. Manginello <laughs> uh, says he, quote, worked with an Oscar-nominated writer on the treatment. It was one of those projects that got canceled during the period. There were maybe seven different Deathstroke projects that all didn't happen in the course of four years. Damn, what did Manganiello do to upset the Deathstroke gods? They just didn't want to do it. It's so weird, It's man. too tied into Snyder's stuff, I guess. I don't know. I guess. They do say LA is where movies aren't made. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, so shitload of movies that are never, yeah. never, never make it that, compared well, to the ones that do make it. That's part of the victory of the Snyder Cut because yeah. it gave that... Like, Manginiello got his wish to return to the role when Zack Snyder calls him up last year in the pandemic and is like, hey, you want to come back to be Slade Wilson? And Manginiello's like, do I? <laughs> Already <laughs> wearing the costume. Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there is one aspect to what we saw in Zack Snyder's Justice League that Manginiello brings to it thanks to all this work from the p- previous four years. And I'm going to have you read it as Joe Manginiello. The greatest warriors are the ones who walk into battle already dead or assuming that they're going to die. They're looking for someone who could actually kill them. There's almost an excitement around that, like, is today going to be the day I die? So there was a climactic moment in my standalone story where I wanted Slade to shave his head into this warlike mohawk knowing that he was going off to his own death. I said to Zack, I always envisioned him with a big white mohawk. (laughs) And he was totally down for it. (laughs) So that's why Slade looks like that in the Nightmare sequence. Taxi driver also. He does a Travis Bickle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Manginello, of course, shoots his scene, finally getting to share the screen. By the way, cultural shit here, talking about the Japanese stuff, and he's he's researching all the Japanese shit. Yeah. It does sound like he put some of the way of Bushido kind of shit in there, because, you know, they say, like, the way of Bushido is to rush towards death, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think there was probably a little bit of that spirit in there. I think so, too, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, he finally gets to shoot a scene with Ben Affleck's Batman, mind you, in 2020. 
Yeah. About four years after he's originally brought on. Mohawk <laughs> and all, though. Finally, yeah. So, yeah. like, this is basically it. I'm, it's pretty cool. Even though there's some controversy on whether or not it was even necessary to have the nightmare sequence. But it, I think it was more of just, like, this is for the fans. <coughs> And also for the people involved. Oh, but the I'm wrong dead. pipe. Wrong pipe. <laughs> Happened to me earlier. He's getting all choked up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about fucking... What could it's have a very happened? emotional what? story. <laughs> he finally got that mohawk. <laughs> he finally got that gray-ass mohawk. <laughs> so, uh, on a final note, Deathstroke's co-creator, Marv Wolfman, would see the Snyder Cut and then text Joe Manganiello saying that I hope to see more of you in the role. Hell yeah. So Wolfman. That's nice. Yeah. That's yeah. a nice yes. seal of approval from the man himself. That's awesome. So. Manganiello just cried all night, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like, that, it's, it's been worth it. My well, life. he's in bed with Sophia Vergara. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sophia Vergara's like, why are you crying? Wearing the Deathstroke costume. <laughs> no, it was Marv Wolfman. And she's like, who the fuck is that? Ah, forget it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, let's go around and see your thoughts on this Batman versus Deathstroke stuff, starting with Jake. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like 100% on board for them to do something like this, but also at the same time, you know, super respectful of where Ben Affleck is coming from. Like, if he wants to, if he wants to do it and he's still on board to play Batman, 100%, um, I mean, worst case scenario, they would recast it, but I, I don't think that they would go that route, probably. <laughs> I don't know. He's just so good for the role. Um, yeah. And I feel so bad for, for Joe, too, with all of his... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just fucking sucks, man. Yeah. But, like, especially <laughs> since he, he did have, like, the minimal amount of screen time. He's the Boba Fett for the DCEU. Uh, <laughs> you want to see him come back. You want to see him be able to really give it 100%. Um, so yeah I mean you know the Zack Snyder Justice League cut happened I'm not saying Warner Brothers is gonna you know green light every project that fans are pushing for but I wouldn't be surprised if you know if they start to go the other direction with actually listening to the fans <laughs> um, then it would be really cool to see that definitely Zach well, it uh, it sounds awesome. I hope it doesn't end up as just one of these, uh, you know, greatest movies never made stories, and that you know we do actually get to see um, Joe play out Deathstroke. I mean, it's nice to see, uh, like we were talking about with you know Jared Leto for different reasons, but it's nice to see an actor that is actually enthusiastic about uh, the part that he's playing, especially when it's for a you know, for a comic book film, I feel like for a long time that was just maybe associated with either camp or just like it wasn't taken as seriously. So, you know, it's awesome that he is so enthusiastic and it's it's a little tragic that he hasn't had more screen time as uh, Slade Wilson. Um, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the future and we'll just hope for the best and maybe actually get to see something with him play out, even if it's not a Batman versus Deathstroke movie, so who knows? Joss Whedon is on record saying uh, about Bane for Dark Knight Rises that he thought that it was a mistake to use a non-classic villain. Uh, more or less, classic villain being somebody that our parents know, like <laughs> somebody that was on show, 66 yeah. Show or something. Yeah, I get it. Um, 
And there might be some truth to that, but I don't think, I think that like the Boba Fett thing, his design is just immediately cool. He got katanas, he got guns. uh, And like, just to have like uh, the raid type fights Mm -hmm. and somebody like the horror, uh, you know, take on it. And I just think like, I, I try to think from like a, I think from a fan perspective and I think from a producer perspective too, um, like even though he's not classic, he's, I still think it's just an extremely bankable character and Manganiello has got a following with fans already. Mm -hmm. Um, his nerddom feels real and that, that goes a long way on his social media and everything. It's from marketing perspective that also makes sense. And, um, it's no powers. So it's low budget. It's lower budget. Also, you just need to put more money into the fight choreography probably, but, but like, you know, just, it's just wild. that hasn't been made yet. Really. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's a no brainer really, I think. Um, and if they bring back the Snyder verse, this really needs to be one of the first things that they do. The Snyder verse can exist without Snyder directing it. If Batfleck directs again within the Snyder verse, you know what I mean? Uh, that kind of thing can happen. So, um, yeah, Manganiello's really uh, likable, and this character's cool, really cool. And there's like, I don't know, just make it, man. They need to fucking make it. <laughs> yeah, it's not I mean, like I it's not gonna make Joel money. Joel obviously wants no. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I I think Affleck. It depends on whether he wants to come back. But if he wants to come back, I have a feeling he would come back to do the acting part. Okay. I think that he's probably let go of the idea of directing it. Yeah. Even if he comes back to do this, he would do he'd come back, have his name obviously on the script uh, and do the performance, but yeah. the actual directing, I I think it's it's something that he says that he's felt that he would save it for Matt Reeves because he wanted it to be somebody who thought that was the most important thing for them to do and he just didn't feel like he was in that place. Okay, interesting. Somebody who really loves the character really wants to do a Batman movie, and he felt that he wasn't quite there. But he can act in a Batman movie. Okay. So I'm sure that'll right. still work. He said he was also looking at the way Snyder directs big-budget big movies, too, mm-hmm. because Affleck didn't really have like big, big action under his belt. No. So he was kind of learning while on set, which is kind of interesting. True, yeah. You know? Um, there's also been, and maybe this is uh, going to cha- uh, not change, but... This is kind of settled, but uh, AT and T was buying Warner Brothers something, mm-hmm. and that also, like on a very big executive level, kind of shook things up too. I think. Well, yeah, yeah. So that could have. Uh, I know. I, even Injustice, the game was. There's been some I, talk about like it's been kind of like delayed because of mm. AT and the AT and T buyout or something. So well, now it's Discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's got a now it's a you know it's a ripple effect down. Just it's one trickle down eating the other, and then a bigger one coming along and eating that one. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. All this corporate shit, but could have delayed some things. It could have, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also feel that kind of like what you said about the classic villains. I'm like, I get that, but I think we're past that time. We're past the time where you need, yeah, uh, like it to be Batman versus Joker. You need to be somebody from the '60s show. We've had all these different years. You've had the Nolan trilogy. Put your own stamp. Make it interest. Make it your own thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It kind of. Yeah. We probably are past that time. Mm-hmm. And just if you do somebody non-classic, he's one of the first choices, really. You know, Deathstroke's one mm-hmm. of the first ones you should do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's it pushes the Batman 
sort of mythology in terms of live action films because this is stuff you haven't really seen before. Yeah. If you're going to do another Batman movie, don't do stuff that we could have just already seen. And the, and the warehouse scene too is his best fight scene, right? Yeah. More people more or less uh, agree on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but those are all against not that it wasn't good, but that's all against uh, you know henchmen. Yeah. Right. So to, yeah, close to final boss. Mm-hmm. Right. So like. I, it kills me. And then see Batman get real, really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And then get kicked in the back and healed in a hole in the desert. Well, mm-hmm. that's the other version. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think even, <laughs> but even like Batman Begins shows you that you can do a Batman film without a, I would say like a classic Batman villain. Even though Ra's al Ghul is yeah. a classic from the comics, he's not, he's not a classic villain in the sense of the public consciousness. And you mm-hmm. could even go as far as to say Scarecrow as well because he's not in the 60s show. So he's not Penguin, he's not Joker, he's not Riddler, he's not Catwoman. So people just may not know who he is that aren't, you know, immediately uh, comic book fans. But that movie did really well, and it worked with two villains that had not already been seen on screen. So I don't know if his argument that Bane's use holds any water. It's a dumb argument. Whedon didn't like Bane, I think. I don't know. He's had something. Look it up later. It was interesting. All right, well... Uh, yeah, I'll check that out because I haven't heard that. I think I might have heard something about that, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, he he felt like the third one could have been better serviced with a more classic villain, something along those lines. I don't, I don't think know. The problem was the villain on that one. <laughs> well, that one had a lot of they, yeah. a lot, a lot going on with that one. All right. Well, anyway, on that yeah. note, this is the final part of the trilogy for supervillain stuff you should know, but also the final part for the Snyderverse itself. So six I months of coverage. It's been six months of coverage. I don't know if we can do any more deep dives because. <laughs> We've look. We've had more. We have episodes longer than the screen time of the people we're talking about at this point. Zack Snyder's got to get back to Deb, dude. <laughs> Deb Snyder, he's done with us. Uh, so that is <laughs> superhero stuff you should know. Yeah. Let's go into some fan comments as well as uh, plugging for social media and other stuff, so that other guys can, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners and viewers can find the bat feed. Uh, but let's go into some of the fan stuff. And Jake, feel free to chime in on this first one, which is from a fan named Paul, who also gave us that long comment about the cars last time. Oh, yeah. So this one is on Superman's Resurrection. Oh, nice. In the Snyder, it's Snyder Cut. Uh, Paul said, quote, I really enjoyed your podcast regarding the return of Superman and the comparisons between the different versions. I mean, who didn't have visions of the Ken Sperry and Clark's toys as their own funeral? Come on. Uh, but I would really like to argue what you guys discussed regarding Zack Snyder's Justice League version, and this is why. You said that he was dead. You also said the black suit didn't really fit in because he already had powers, which he went up against the Justice League after his resurrection. This is my argument. Uh, Superman was not dead. Uh, it was clearly seen in the final last frames of BVS that the dirt rose up from his coffin, much like it does when he is about to fly. I Gravitons. If, I don't know if he created that, though. Uh, I would suggest that there is a power within the coffin, so if he clearly is not dead, then he is in that shutdown mode If you explained, like you explained in the other version. The Flash igniting the cube would not then bring him back from the dead, but jumpstart him back from his shutdown mode, and maybe too soon, which is why maybe he is confused. A bit like waking up suddenly out of a deep sleep and you feel groggy and not thinking straight, but more so obviously in Superman's case. So, uh, I don't know the last time I was woken up from a deep sleep and wanted to kill everybody with heat vision, but... Yeah, well, I, you're I, a morning person, Ben. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> Zach understands this entirely. <laughs> what are you going to say? I think I can understand where he's going, but... Um, 
yeah, I, I don't 100% buy it, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's, I, I like that he's trying here. Right. Yeah. Uh, says, quote, so the black suit, Zack Snyder's Justice League, has him in the suit going into space and soaking in the sun's rays with his arms open. I know he had his powers when he woke up, but I would argue they were his normal powers. I would su suggest that with the threat of Steppenwolf and the Justice League weren't winning against him, and I would say struggling, Superman knew he had to be more, and the black suit plus the sun's charge up gave him a boost, so to speak. When he arrived at the fight, he easily overpowered Steppenwolf, turning the tide of the fight, so together they finished him off. I mean, Wonder Woman is born from Zeus, and she couldn't get an upper hand until after Superman arrives, and then finished him off. I would love to hear your opinions as uh, discussions on this. Keep up with the great work, as always. Uh, so, <clears throat> Jake, any thoughts on this, or what your thoughts... We didn't really get into your thoughts about Superman. Superman's uh, yeah. in Justice League. Um, I, I always kind of... I, I liked that aspect, even, even in the Justice League, of how they brought him back. Uh... That being said, I, I also am a huge fan of the original story in the comics, like the, the explanation that he's not fully dead and now he's being like resuscitated almost. But, um, you know, if you're going to have the scene where he's like all confused and fights the Justice League, it makes more sense. I mean, Flash says it in Justice League, I think. Uh, it's He's going all pet cemetery on them, you know? Um, or like another example would be Frankenstein's monster, you know, Fra these these things that get brought back to life but shouldn't be almost, because that's one of the ethical conversations they have before bringing him back. Um, it's interesting to see that aspect of it play out. So that's that's kind of my take on it. But nice, uh, Zach. Any thoughts? Yeah, on this? I like his theory. I mean, he is correct about that scene at the end of Batman versus Superman. It does. I think it was purposefully ambiguous as to what that meant. And really, like, his theory is it's fine. And it, it could be both true and untrue at the same time. There's really no way to prove or disprove it. I mean, he Superman could very well appear dead, and his biology is obviously not the same as ours because he's not decomposing, uh, neither does Zod. So, yeah, I guess he really could be not dead and his uh his wound was already healed up you know he's shirtless whenever he comes back so if even though like was odd where he didn't decompose obviously it did grow back uh and regenerated while he was dead so i would say like yeah the theory certainly holds water but you know again there's no way to prove or really disprove it it ain't it ain't Henry Cavill's Superman if the movie doesn't have a shirtless scene. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they didn't want the wounds to distract from you know. The yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty much the same as what I said before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with with you on that. I'm kind of just like, yeah, I guess it could work, but there's a lot of like jumps to, a lot of hoops to jump through in order to make mm -hmm. that work. Yeah, just like, this I mean, doesn't work because of this or this, and we're just like, mm, okay, but it's, a, it's fans like us trying to make up for something that maybe the writers themselves kind of left. Uh, it's uncovered territory. As you said, Snyder wanted him in the black suit because he likes the black suit. I think that's a big part of it, honestly. Uh, and then, as we said in the sequels, a lot of his ideas was to have him stay in the black suit to embrace his Kryptonian side. Yes. So, it's a bit of that. It's a bit of him staying true to the comics, in a way. Even if it's not the same, quite the same purpose. If Snyder 
like had a scene with Cavill with the guns and the black suit. If that was in the trailer, the internet would have gone nuts. What have you done now, Snyder? And he'd be like, fucking comics, bitch. Yeah. You guys always hate me. Yeah. (laughs) It's right here. Yep. Uh, Next comment from Daniel Diaz. Uh, This is a comment on the, I believe this is the Aronofsky year one script that we reviewed that's one of our I don't know about the listen listen count but everybody I know yeah. that talks about this that my friends that listen to mm-hmm. it everybody fucking loves that episode <laughs> I yeah. love it too yeah uh, Daniel says quote it reminds me a little bit of a Batman fan project that I'm working on one that's essentially a sequel to Joker 2019 the Joaquin version mm-hmm. I'd be happy to show the superhero stuff team what I've done sure nice that'd be awesome that, that Aronofsky Batman would mm-hmm. really work in that Joker Verse. Yeah. I mean, how many verses are we going to have at DC? But, <laughs> but I mean, that would really like t- tone tone wise. Give us all the Batman's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like we would. Com- well, we would. Everybody would. Fans complain no matter what. But, yeah. Uh, it still make a lot of money. I think. Yeah. It was. I mean, it would make sense. Definitely. Uh, last one is slight rebellion of Madison or off Madison. Anyway, that's the that's the screen. On off. Oh, rebellion off Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Slight rebellion off Madison. Okay. Uh, this is on the Dark Knight Rises deep dive, saying, "Quote: Great work as always, guys. Just to throw my two cents in at the end before the Old West showdown between Bane and Batman. Instead of the awful Batman line, I came back to stop you. How about you may be the shadows, but I am the night. <laughs> I don't know if I could hear Bale pull off I am the night compared to Conroy though. That's such a Conroy. Yeah, he'd be like no growling and breathing. Yeah." Yeah, I don't know. What did you say? Yeah. I, I can't understand. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of like, what? Shadows. A lot of really badass lines from. <laughs> a lot of really badass lines from Bane, though, in that movie that people yeah. don't talk about. Like, the shadows betray you, Mr. Wayne. Yes. For yeah. they belong to me. Like, the, I, no one ever talks about that line. It's one of the most badass lines. I do yeah. like the general idea of Batman turning yeah. that line back against him. That would be cool if he did that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't. I just don't feel that Bale's going to pull off I Am the Night with that voice because that's such a Conroy thing that I'm just going to be begging for Conroy to dub that over. He does say slightly funny lines as Batman, though. Like, he says, well, then you're going to love me to the Joker, you know? stuff, but that's that's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, over to the shout-outs. Oh, man, we're already there. I'm sad. This is... I was really uh, looking forward to Deathstroke stuff. It's only been four hours long, so... How, how long has this been? Yeah. I'm <laughs> fun, man. All right, so thank you for those comments, everybody, as usual, um, YouTube and, and every, everywhere else. Um, also, I'd like to thank our Patreon supporters. They are Shasta, Leom O, Jose Arrocha, Super Inframan, Douglas P, Dan D, Aaron Willett, Nick Noach, Jesse E, Jeffrey R, Scott V, and we have some other supporters. They include Spark Again, STCT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kuki Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Ian H, Walter the Wobot, John Wells, and Rye Guy. Did you mention Asker's Web? And Asker's Web, Asker's yes. Asker's, Asker's Web Asker's also. Yeah. Sorry about that, Asker's <coughs> no Web. Uh, also, shout out to Comic Capital on Instagram and the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. Indeed. Yes, uh, and thank you to specifically Jared, Tito, Ken, and Yeet Isaac for joining in or at least listening to the Batman 89 discussion that we had recently. Yes, thank you, and thank you for listening to our other episodes as well yes (laughs) thank you for being a listener here and joining discussion it's always cool to talk to people who are fans of the podcast yes we have Patreon everybody Uh, so that's uh, patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod 
There's uh, the most popular tiers would be the $1 tier that gets you the shout out on the show. Then the $5 tier is a whole other show every Friday. And uh, it's deeper dives, even deeper than the shit we cover here, if you can believe it or not. So, uh, so yeah, um, check that out. $5 tier, tier cancel anytime. Um, and also we have Superhouse merch. Uh, please go to superhousepod.redbubble.com, tpublic.com slash user slash superhousepodcast5000, and superherostuffpod.threadless.com. Get your Ben Man and Indeed Wizard mugs, shirts, shower curtains, everything like that. Artwork for that stuff is by Wolfie Cruz. Please leave us a review on iTunes and please record us something. Audio, any kind of thing, like Zach's done a few times, and uh, it will be in the show usually in the mid uh, mid roll or whatever, yeah. our uh, mid uh, our break, usually yeah. in the break there, um, and uh, send that to superhousepodcast at gmail.com and please animate our sketches if you don't mind uh if you do listen to the sketches <laughs> um, all three of you, you. <laughs> yes um we did get somebody to talk about that though we're, i guess we're yeah. still waiting on uh, on that to uh, come it takes in a while to do them it takes a while to animate yeah um but yeah please animate we allow you to do that if you want just please uh hashtag us uh somewhere throughout the whole duration of the video and let us know about that once those are done it, it would be awesome and uh so yeah i'm thunderwolf drew on instagram and twitter thunderwolf lives on youtube thunderwolflives.com also uh and thunderwolf drew on tiktok uh but yeah i have all my portfolio and stuff on thunderwolflives.com if you want to check that out and uh i am still in pre-production for something called amano recon which is a-m-a-n-o recon r-e-c-o-n uh go to amanorecon.com and you'll see the lovely poster that Zach drew. Thanks a lot for Zach. Uh, that's awesome. And that is going to be a sci-fi horror comedy. And we're going to fund that via Indiegogo. And uh, yeah, more on that later. But yeah, but think of Power Rangers and X-Files come together, have a baby, and it's R-rated and there's blood everywhere. Um, so um, that's all I can say about that for now. Ben. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SuperHousePod. You can also follow us on Instagram at SuperheroStuffPod, which is how we met the Batfeed. Uh, we're on TikTok as well at SuperheroStuffPod. And we are on Vero at SuperheroStuffPod as well. We scream at Snyder. At some point, I'm going to talk to Snyder. Make it <laughs> <clears throat> the website that I have is BenWanWriter.com, uh, and my channel is in the description below. You can also check out the kids' comic uh, that I did called Early Bird at Earl-E-Bird.com. My personal Instagram is BenWanWriter. My son's Instagram, my furry cat, Alfred. Your uh, son. At, uh, my son, yes. Alfie Pennyworth Cat is his Instagram he and was uh, writing the script, right? Yes, he's writing the scripts. He <laughs> writes all the notes. I saw that. He's the one who, uh, yeah, he's the one who actually writes all the stuff. He does the research. I don't know anything. He's the cat. <laughs> knows too much about Batman. <laughs> 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 but if you also have a cat who uh, likes to write for you, or just a cat in general, do you have cats? We are affiliates. Do you like with, dogs? With Whisker Box. <laughs> uh, you can check that out at Superhouse pod.com slash shop as well as uh, we're affiliates with BarkBox as you guys heard probably in that uh, mid-break so as we said if you like dogs or more importantly if you have dogs because it's going to be a lot more useful if you have them uh, <laughs> go ahead and uh, uh, check out uh, basically use our link and you'll get one free month off well, you're going to check his well curated show notes also take a look at the shop and yes, you'll see indeed. all the links there yep 
Indeed. Uh, over to uh, Zach. Plug your stuff. If you like what you see on the screen uh, behind Andrew and Ben and those little sketch cards you saw earlier, you can see more. Uh, just type in ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com to go to my website. And you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, just look for Zachary Jackson Brown Art. And that's it. Nice. And then finally, Jake, where can we find the bat feed? Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, uh, just at the, the underscore bat feed. Uh, Twitter, at the bat feed one. Uh, Facebook, just the bat feed. And primarily on YouTube and TikTok as well. Um, the bat feed. <laughs> but, <laughs> nice. Yeah, we have lots of really cool stuff. Every, anything from like the documentaries that we were talking about earlier to like what if Batman existed in Star Wars, uh, all sorts of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So feel free to check that out. Absolutely. Uh, for those who are part of the Patreon Club $5 tier, we will be diving into the main Batman versus Deathstroke animated film, Son of Batman, though I wish there were others, uh, comparing it to the Grant Morrison comics that they're based on. But for the main show... As we said, we are done with the Snyderverse. It's been a nice six-month ride, but it's time for us to continue on what we've been doing. For the first time in months, we're going to tackle an unmade Batman film, one that's not Snyder-related, and one with probably the most unlikely villain for Batman to face. And I'll let you guys find that out next time. The Tonight Man. Calling it. Why'd you have to give it away? <laughs> it's, mid- it's Midnighter. <laughs> it's neither of those. You guys will get to find out next week. And uh, do us a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about us. Hey! We finally did it. Fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't sound rehearsed at all.